Podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This episode of the Paracast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash Paracast. That's audiblepodcast.com slash Paracast. And now, on with the show. One of the subjects that we haven't discussed except in passing on the Paracast over the years, and it's nearly five years now, has been the legends of the men in black. Now, yeah, we had a discussion, kind of a remembrance of Gray Barker from the movie Shades of Gray on a few months back, and we talked about his contribution to the men in black. But before we got on, I learned that one of our guests actually wrote a book review in the third grade about Gray Barker's book, They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. Who do we have? Funny you should ask. We have our co-host, Chris O'Brien, a second co-host, bringing up the rear, Greg Bishop. Been a while since we've seen you, Greg. Yep, hello. We have Tim Beckley. We have <laughs> Alan Greenfield. And we have a special guest whom you'll hear from later, Claudia Cunningham, with some unusual insights into the men in black. So, okay, Tim Beckley, you're in the third yes, grade. Gee. Let's go back through time. Yeah, I had to yeah, choose, uh, obviously, a subject to do a book review. Now, I guess um, the obvious ones I decided uh, not to do, Silas Marner, uh, how to pick something uh, unique and unusual. It was a book by Gray Barker called They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers. Now, I've never been, uh, too, I was never too uh, great in school. I slept through a lot of classes because I was up late actually listening to Long John on the radio, believe it or not, instead of doing my homework. I enjoyed the book tremendously, and I guess my efforts showed in my presentation because I got a B. Maybe it was a B minus because the teacher was a little bit of a hard uh, nose there, um, but uh, I did get a good grade on it. And uh, there's a little bit of synchronicity, obviously, uh, in that uh, gene because uh, Gray Barker was my first uh, publisher. Uh, when I was about uh, 15 or 16 years old, Gray's Saucerian Press put out my first book, which is still in print, The Shaver uh, Mystery and the Inner Earth which is known as Subterranean Worlds Insider. Uh, he also did a, uh, my book, A Space Contacts, and uh, a book that I did about Wilbert Smith, who was the Canadian uh, researcher. So Gray and I were pretty good uh, friends, to say the, uh, the least. Whenever, you know, his cre uh, credibility has been brought on uh, many times, perhaps even on your show by uh, Jim Mosley. But all I can tell you is that I think uh, uh, Gray had a bit of, uh, maybe a, a little bit of mischief uh, in his uh, heart. But uh, for anyone to stick with the subject is, long and as dedicated as, as he did, there's something just beneath the surface uh, there, you know. Of course, after uh, Gray uh, uh, passed away, which was very tragic, you know, he did lecture for our uh, the various uh, conferences and expos that we had around the country, and he always did it uh, just for airplane fare, just like most of the speakers did, obviously. That's because uh, but, you weren't paying the speakers, I gather, but yes. let's go okay, back but to wait, the I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, well, Just give me two more seconds here. So when he passed away, I bought his estate the last 50 hardcover copies of that book, which I got my um, B uh, minus on in the uh, in the third uh, grade. And, you know, Gene, there's something spooky about this that most ufologists kind of sweep this under the rug, but synchronicity played quite a bit of role in this uh, uh, topic. It's, it's more than just a coincidence. I believe that in the third grade I um, would have the opportunity to review that book and later on in life be published by Gray and then by the last uh, 50 remaining uh, 
uh, copies if they knew too much about the flying saucers. We can get into that later. I, I, I think that there's a collective uh, consciousness out there. Uh, John C. Lilly uh, called it the galactic coincidence control. He believes it actually was a, an intelligence out there that controls synchronicity, and I would tend to agree with him. Greg Bishop, you've done some studies into the so-called Men in Black. What can you tell us? to get started. Well, it's funny. I uh, interviewed Bill Moore when I was doing my zine, Excluded Middle, in the 1990s. I said, what do you know about the men in black? Mythos, whatever he wants to call it. And a lot of people could guess what his take on it was. He said that the government had used the men in black mythos to do, to play dirty tricks on people, to get information out of them and all that. So they were actually government men in black people, but they were using it as a ruse to um, to scare information out of people and get you know their pictures from them and everything, which sounds entirely plausible, I'm sure. But let's look at this here. Obviously, our first inkling of the legend of the men in black goes back to Albert K. Bender. So Albert K. Bender runs this organization, and he claims after not very much time that he has to shut it down because he's been visited by three men in black who said, you have found the secret of UFOs, and it's time for you to shut up. Let me ask you, Greg, having studied a lot of this, was that just a tall tale, something to give an excuse as to why he was getting out from under this field? Well, a couple of the other guests might know for sure. I've got the idea that uh, Bender got very involved with this subject, and so any kind of input into his life having to do with the with the UFO subject probably was looked upon with great significance by him, which meant he had a paranoid mind, and I believe, and would make what he would out of what his surroundings were. Because I don't think, apart from Bender, and if somebody can correct me, that there's any corroboration for anything he ever wrote or said about his Men in Black experiences or actually a few of the other ones. Well, of course, he was also a contactee. He claimed to have met yes, these he, people he from the... He to be a contactee as well, right. so... Who knows what was going on in his room with uh, uh, pictures of werewolf and things like that pasted to do his wall. They used to freak his uh, guests out. Yeah, but you know, know, this is Tim over here. That's not that unusual. Uh, Look at me, for example. I have a a sincere uh, interest in in UFOs and the paranormal, but I'm also Mr. Creepo. I do low-budget horror movies. So one thing really doesn't uh, have that much to do uh, uh, with another. It's just an interest. Now, um, actually, I might be the only one uh, here uh, today who actually met Albert K. Bender. I don't, did anybody else meet Bender? I raised my Never hand. Never met him. He lives out in L.A., as far as I know. Anybody that's tried to approach him gets yeah. chased off his lawn. Well, he would be awful elderly if he were still alive. I don't know. If 80s, I think. Um, I can have somebody track him down. Keep yeah, yeah. Well, that. That, you know, I, I did meet him, and of course, he not only uh, lectured for uh, Jim Mosley's uh, group uh, back in the, uh, I guess that would have been the 70s or, or something like it that. It was the but 60s, he, Tim. Well, no, no, no. Well, yeah, uh, two times, uh, Gene. The One first time, time he, he had this book out called Flying yeah. Saucers and the Three oh, Men. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. Explain. Yeah. In I fact, know, maybe why don't we do this, and Tim, is maybe explain to our listeners, and we'll get more into this as we progress with the show. But he comes out with his book, and the three men are really aliens, according to him. They have a, a base under the South Pole, I believe. And uh, they take him there, and uh, they materialize in his home, and they warn, and he has bad things occur to him. It's like all this negativity soon, uh, you know, accumulates uh, in his uh, in his life. I think everybody uh, takes that totally that story with a total grain of uh, thought. I, I do believe uh, at that point he was just trying to write uh, science fiction and probably not very good science fiction. But his original story, uh, he did present at the uh, Congress of Scientific Ufology. He sent a tape in 
to uh, Jim Mosley, which Jim uh, played. Uh, that was besides the the lecture that he actually gave at the, um, I would believe it would be the Hotel uh, Woodstock uh, in New York, in a little uh, room there that held about uh, 100 people in those uh, in those days. Uh, in fact, uh, online there is a, a couple of photos of uh, Albert uh, showing what the beings from this uh, planet uh, look like. And uh, that uh, the tape, actually, I think I've incorporated in one of my um, MIB uh, collections. I have a three-CD uh, set that includes some of that. Yeah, so he I don't think he he changed his story. He just came out of a semi-retirement to be a, a sci-fi uh, presenter. But so basically, the long and short of it is that we'll his story know. of the Men in Black was a tall tale. It's something he made up for whatever well, reason. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, and also, this say, book was a science fiction book, right? Yeah, that 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 part I would I would agree with because there's nothing to substantiate his claims in it. But uh, if you read his uh, uh, original publication, which was Space Review, it was a very nice little uh, newsletter uh, with UFO reports and and, and citing uh, details and things. Nothing whatsoever to do with uh, anything horror or even outlandish. I mean, I'll it, tell you what, a, we will be in a very outlandish condition if we don't do the station break. We have a large assemblage of guests. We have our co-hosts, Chris O'Brien and Greg Bishop. We have Alan Green, whom we'll hear from in just a moment. We have Tim Beckley. We have a special guest of Tim's, Claudia Cunningham. All this happening, please write us with your comments. News at theparacast.com. News at theparacast.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. As you know, the PowerCast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks. With more than 75,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers, for listeners of the PowerCast, Audible.com is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their service. One book to consider, for example, is Above Top Secret, the worldwide UFO cover-up by Timothy Good. Timothy Good, as you know, has been a guest on the PowerCast. Yet another book worth considering from Audible.com is Lies and Deception, UFOs and the Secret Agenda, from Timothy Good once again, and also from our old friend Nick Pope. As you know, Nick Pope has also been on the PowerCast. This is another book that you're definitely going to want to check out. For this book or another free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash PowerCast. That's audiblepodcast.com slash PowerCast. Again, the Congressional Budget Office sounds the alarm, this time warns of Greek-style U.S. debt crises. You heard me right. The GAO is drawing a parallel between the U.S. economy, its debt, and the current Greek economic meltdown. With the debt-to-GDP chart climbing into unfamiliar territory, the growing budget deficit will rise to unsupportable levels. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. The Federal Debt and Risk of Financial Crises document the CBO has published is a must-read for every American, covering the risk of continued deficit spending coupled with an aging population and the rising interest rates spell economic disaster. It's imperative that you get a copy of this document and study it for yourself. Call me today at 800-686-2237, and I'll send you a free copy. Again, call 800-686-2237 and ask for your copy of the CBO document. Once again, you need to read this government report. Call 800-686-2237. 
Becoming a modern smoker is now easier and more cost-effective, thanks to LeSig. Traditional smokers the world over love LeSig. E-cigarettes with a look, feel, and taste of real cigarettes, but without the nasty smoke, ashes, or stains. LeSig is powered by revolutionary microelectronic technology. A small, rechargeable battery and unique replaceable cartridge provide all the satisfaction and benefits of smoking without the smoke and all the hazards. See the large variety of LeSig e-cigarette supplies and accessories at LeSig.com. That's L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig is competitively priced, comes with the best customer service, a 30-day warranty, and satisfaction guaranteed. What a great gift idea. For a 10% discount, mention GCN when you call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Ask for fast, free, same-day shipping. Order online at LeSig.com and use promo code GCN at checkout. That's L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig for today's modern smoker. Question, what would you rather drink, acidic water which burns holes in your body and causes loss of bone mass, or alkaline water which promotes high energy and vibrant health? The answer is clear. And if you're drinking acidic water, you're helping cancer cells and bacteria to grow out of control. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops combine a unique formula of the most alkaline minerals. Using Plasma pH Drops is the best way to alkalize your water and help you get rid of acid and regain your health and energy. Simply put 10 drops in the water you drink to raise the pH to a healthy alkaline level. Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. Disease organisms like bacteria, viruses, or cancer cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops now by going directly to AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or by calling 269-409-1776. Again, 269-409-1776. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com. The only function Chris will serve today, because we're recording this on <laughs> his day off. you now. That's perfect. Well, it's because he's busy uh, answering questions uh, that I sent him for a book that I'm working on. Right, Chris? Oh. <laughs> I don't think he has an answer for that. But seriously speaking, ladies and gentlemen, we have Chris O'Brien and Greg Bishop as our co-hosts. Alan Greenfield, Tim Beckley, Claudia Cunningham. So, Chris, Tim is working on a book on Men in Black, and he's talking to you about it? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and describe the book first? Oh, yeah, it's it's actually a a book about what I call the dark side of ufology. Uh, It includes an old, uh, rare tome called Round Trip to Hell in a Flying Saucer, which was written in about 1956, where a gentleman claims that he was actually uh, whisked away to a planet called Hell by Satan. Now, that's a rather outlandish story, to say the least, but, you know, Nick Redford, who we interviewed in this book, uh, uh, did um, uh, his own uh, work about this government think tank that believed that demons were actually behind the UFO phenomena. There is actually all sorts of evidence to... uh, uh, to show that the UFO witnesses are uh, being possessed. There's also evidence, of course, of not only um, 
euphonot shape-shifting, but even the uh, craft themselves uh, morphing in, uh, in midair. So we're, we're, uh, we're taking this from all sides, and of course, Chris is a, an expert on the trickster and on shape-shifting, so I have to include him in the work. Now, what you're referencing here, by the way, is that book that Nick wrote called Final Events and the Secret Government Group on Demonic okay. UFOs and the Afterlife. That was on our October 3rd show. Chris was there, I was there, and Nick was there talking about it. Now, let's look into some of the ramifications here. Chris, do you think that some of these men in black cases may have some trickster or tricksterish elements to them? Absolutely. Um, in fact, some of the most uh, well-known and classic uh, encounters uh, it, it have very tricksterous qualities. Uh, the one case I think that Jacques Vallée mentions in his book Confrontations, I believe, or, or it may have been um, Messengers of Deception, where two of these uh, men in black types came into a, a restaurant during a pretty, pretty bad uh, snowy day. And uh, weren't dressed properly for the weather. And then, I, if I memory serves me correct, probably somebody knows the story better than I do. Uh, they tried to eat Jello with a fork, or one of them did. Gee, I do that all a, the time. I'm not a man in black. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, genius. Making us wonder. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do think uh, actually that there are true cases of this um, of a paranormal nature. But I think they're vastly outweighed by more mundane government agents. Uh, showing up and, and trying to silence UFO witnesses or gain more information. I disagree with that entirely. I think there are very few cases that include uh, government workers. Most of these things, uh, at least in the uh, cases that I have collected and read, and that would be four or 500, I, I would say that 95% of them are of paranormal nature that we're talking about. Are the real thing, something, huh? Yeah, something very, very strange about it. Uh, in fact, there was a very uh, well-known uh, case uh, during the Wanakee, uh, New Jersey uh, UFO flap uh, back in the 1960s. I wrote that up for uh, Fate magazine, where the um, uh, town council was actually uh, uh, convened in, in City Hall, and they had a big uh, debate over what they should do about these, uh, these sightings. And uh, some so-called investigators came into the room and uh, uh, flashed the credentials and... Uh, uh, years later, it came out, oh, they must have been investigators uh, from the uh, NICAP, the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomenacy, and that confused the witness into thinking they were an official uh, organization. Well, uh, recently, there was a posting on the uh, on the Internet, and of course, we can't verify it, but the posting is there, uh, from a gentleman who was at that meeting who says, absolutely not members of NICAP. These were some guys that threatened to take them out in the back, uh, you know, the back alleyway or to pull guns on them. These were not government officials. Uh, these were not um, uh, members of uh, NICAP. I don't think any uh, members of NICAP have ever been accused of carrying firearms. So uh, I, I would say that 95% uh, of these cases are hallucinatory uh, in the sense that they may not have actual appearance. You know, it, it, it's a paranormal thing. And a few cases may be government uh, agents that misrepresent themselves because we know for a fact that there are government agents uh, that have a personal interest in this uh, that are, uh, when they go to investigate a sighting or a landing or an encounter uh, may not be officially uh, out there to, to research it. But are doing it kind of on their own. Uh, I was going to say that uh, there are cases that absolutely are implausible in that, for instance, the witness would have a sighting or a close encounter and would, t would tell nobody. 
And before they could blink, literally within minutes, people would show up and, and try to silence them. Those those type of cases are very, very difficult to uh, explain away as as some sort of government agency uh, agency or, or some sort of governmental uh, workers. My own, own experience uh, in, in this particular uh, aspect of the field is very limited in that I had only one or two, maybe three reports that would fall into this category out of several thousand uh you know, reports or stories that I, I investigated over the years. And so it's not something that I am intimately familiar with. Of course, I can only go based on, um, you know, my own research. And I do find that there is a potential for more government involvement than you would think uh, in this whole field, because I think uh, this is a perfect way to uh, create plausible deniability and, and to keep people quiet. And also, let's uh, figure that the uh, government today, uh, their uh, technology uh, probably has caught up with that of the uh, the men in black. Uh, black. They can uh, create holograms and uh, tap your phone and uh, do other malicious uh, things that uh, the MIB were accused of doing uh, uh, 25 uh, years ago, and it would have been uh, paranormal or fanciful. And today it's probably just a run-of-the-mill uh, big brother. Alan Greenfield, I wanted you to chime in here, and we're going to break for next segment in just a moment but you wrote a book about the men in black that i gather has more of a mystical aspect to it would you explain that uh in 30 seconds or less no uh i'll, I'll give it a you try can start that. let's just do an introduction I, and then go on I, with this in our next segment i think first of all the term men in black needs to be defined because in most cases they are not necessarily dressed in black and they're almost certainly not men in the usual sense we mean that term. Uh, even the government cases, often you'll have the men in black who act funny but flash credentials, and two hours later you'll have somebody legitimately from the, uh, well, in the old days from the Air Force, currently from whatever agency, show up, and they're totally mystified by the people that showed up before. But I think these cases run from 1947 to the most recent. I have, I have a similar but probably um, different individual cases from Tim's of about five, 600 cases running all the way up to um, August of 2010. And uh, I'll be glad to discuss why I think they happen when there's a little more time to do so. Well, we're going to give you that time. But I think one of the things we're going to try to look at here is to whether most of the men in black cases, it's just a myth the myth, of course, that brought about the comic book and the movies and everything, or there's reality behind it, which, of course, is what we're seeing here. The guest group, we have two guest hosts, two co-hosts, as a matter of fact. We have Chris O'Brien, Greg Bishop, our special guest, Tim Beckley, Alan Greenfield, Claudia Cunningham. We'll hear from her soon. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwell. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, 
The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Pure water. What could be better than the gift of health for your loved ones? And who better to help you give the gift this holiday season than BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com? If those on your gift list are drinking or bathing in unfiltered city or well water, chances are that water is contaminated with rust, bacteria, chlorine, and fluoride. For just pennies a day, Berkey Water Filters remove dangerous contaminants from both well and city water, is powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water, and is great for camping in emergencies. Right now, GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems and free shipping on orders over $50. Purchase any filter system from BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com to get your choice of Berkey Sport bottles, a KDF shower filter, a set of fluoride filters, or the new Sight Class spigot absolutely free. Visit BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY today. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Give the gift of health at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com today. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget... CrossbreedHolsters.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Hi, this is Alex Jones. Did you know that the global elite are now storing non-hybrid seeds in secret storage vaults near the Arctic Circle? Did you know that in a real meltdown, non-hybrid seeds can become more valuable than silver or gold? It's true, seeds have outperformed even gold and silver before in this country, and it's possible that could even happen again. So our friends at Solutions from Science have put together the perfect mix of non-hybrid seeds. They call it a survival seed bank. And it can produce an endless supply of nutrient-dense food for you and your family. And here's the best part. These seeds have not been genetically modified in any way. And you actually get enough seeds to plant a full acre crisis garden. So visit them today at survivalseedbank.com. That's survivalseedbank.com. Or give them a call at 877-327-0365. That's 877-327-0365. Remember, in a real crisis... Non-hybrid seeds are the ultimate barter item. This is Alex Jones for SurvivalSeedBank.com. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. This is Kurt Seven, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. 
We continue on the Paracast. I'm Gene Steinberg. Our co-hosts are Greg Bishop, Chris O'Brien, our guests Alan Greenfield and Tim Beckley, and a special guest, Claudia Cunningham. We'll hear from her very soon. Okay, so Alan, the floor is yours now. Obviously, you're accepting a reality here that it's not just some government agents playing around or civilians doing a few crazy things like a Jim Mosley and a Gray Barker. There's more to it. Well, I'll comp to the following. In the early 1950s, after the 1953 CIA panel, I know for a fact, because I was told by Dewey Fournay, that we're, there was a decision to, in the... Uh, uh, the uh, Red Scare environment of the time to disrupt local UFO groups for fear they might be infiltrated by communists and used to set off a false flap while the evil Soviet Union, all in quotes, uh, uh, invaded us while we were preoccupied with UFOs. And I'm sure there were some cases of that. There are some people who, in fact, have argued that the original uh, National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena, which was the first group I joined in 1960, actually uh, was a front for that. Uh, uh, Ray Palmer was very big on that, and it's a fairly persuasive case. Their board of directors has included, you know, the chair was an ex-CIA director and blah, blah, and so on. They tried to act like a para-government agency anyway, so it isn't a big leap to say that it was founded by a sincere guy and taken over by the CIA to be to direct people towards worrying about supposed censorship of UFO cases rather than examining the phenomenon for what it is. And I think uh, some men in black cases during that period, and that's an awfully long time ago, I hate discussing the old cases as if there weren't new ones. Uh, uh, they may have been, indeed, government agents trying to act weird to freak out the UFO investigators of the time. But not, not like the case that, that, that Tim is talking about, not like the classic uh, succubi, incubi-type cases where someone sees a UFO and then they get raped by an invisible creature. Is that a man in black case or not? Well, by my lights, it is if we take the term to mean these forms that are attracted to UFO cases and scare the bejesus almost literally out of people. I uh, tried very hard on a, a TV show that I did uh, about two years ago. It was shown Thursday night in a bizarre coincidence with three other programs that I was on. I was, it was my History Channel night for some reason, which I don't know. About. One was new. The other two were I didn't even know they were going to be on. I was just leaving the channel on so I remember. But I tried very hard to get this case on because it was a local guy who had he was a hotel clerk at the time and he had seen a ufo and he saw these two clearly uniformed air force officers uh, come into the hotel and sit around the lobby and talk loudly about his ufo case which made him extremely nervous i may be garbling this slightly because this was again not one of my cases it's one i tried to get the uh the late and semi-lamented ufo hunters uh, to to uh interview him on their program and i didn't pursue it any further once they were clear that they were not even going to do the interview uh in this vicinity they they took me to, to, ironically, to Huntsville, over to the, to the Redstone Arsenal and Space Camp for, for that particular program. But uh, anyway, um, um, he sees these two guys, and then they get in the elevator, go up. A few minutes later, two other guys 
dressed exactly the same. This is. I asked him if this was typical of the hotel. He said, no, it, it was not typical. We we did not get. Although we got a lot of commercial pilots and things, but we did not get military personnel. And this was in peacetime too. I might add, this was in the well relative peacetime. I think 1998, if I recall correctly. So about 12 years ago. They were dressed identically, had a di uh, the same rank insignia, but they were different men, clearly. They sat down and began talking about the same topic, walked out of the hotel. Ten minutes later, the other two came down the elevator and walked out of the hotel. Clearly, there's something going on of a paranormal nature in cases of that sort. Neither, well, in my opinion, neither of these are, are, are actual Air Force personnel, and all of us have have seen these occasional memos that come out where, where uh, frankly, uh, government agencies are furious that people have misidentified their, themselves as uh, their personnel. And I don't think that's a cover. Those things are usually um, um, emerge under the Freedom of Information Act and are reluctant but, uh, and that the names are removed. But clearly, they don't want to take responsibility for that because it isn't their people. In fact, uh, what those people are doing, if they're people at all, which I don't really believe they are, are um, not responsible. Uh, the, the government agency is not responsible, but these people are, are committing a felony. All uh, right, let me just ask you a quick question, Alan, before we go on. Okay, they're not the government, they're ET, they're what? Well, I don't. First of all, I'm not sure there is any such thing as an ET, or to put it another another way, I'm not sure the universe uh, conforms to a um, um, 19th century or 17th century or Copernican model at all. In fact, most of the most recent astrophysics post-Hubble has uh, indicated the universe is enormously vast, uh, but uh, um, great distances are involved. and. I have um, been saying since very early in my ufology career that uh, we have no evidence whatsoever of uh, anyone other than us going from one planet to another, and the, the assumption that because something is weird and involves aerial phenomena part of the time and beings part of the time that we don't recognize that it doesn't have more to do with fairy lore and fairyland or other dimensions or other states of reality or other vibrational spheres. In other words, more of a Mead Lane sort of uh, view of the universe than something to do with people from some vastly different distant star system. I think, Alan, you're going to have to explain to a lot of listeners, when you drop the name Mead Lane, they don't know what you're talking about, so maybe explain to them. Okay, before the term flying saucer, before there was a lot of publicity about flying disks, at least in the modern era, there was a wave of UFO sightings in the uh, 1890s. There was a similar wave at the same time in northern Europe, which resembled airplanes, only there were no airplanes, and in America there were no dirigibles, but that's what they looked like. Um, that they were a generation away. And sometimes I wonder if people were just not seeing something out of phase with time, but uh, that's more of an amusement for myself than anything else. Uh, suffice to say that uh, um, in the modern era, before Kenneth Arnold's 1947 case, which 
uh, initiated, not through his efforts, but the term flying saucers and inaugurated the, the UFO era as we have come to understand it. Mead Lane and a circle of essentially trans mediums, um, most prominent among them, uh, uh, Mark Probert, um, were doing uh, not mediumship with uh, purportedly with the dead, but mediumship purportedly with non-terrestrial entities, or alternately and on other occasions with human beings who were what they termed ascended masters and. Uh, uh, in his book, The Coming of the Guardians, which preceded all this, I think it was circa 1945. Tim might correct me on that, but it was it was certainly before uh, before the UFO dam burst into the uh, into the media of the time. Uh, he was talking about flying discs and their relationship to these uh, trance um, uh, communications. I think that is closer and mediumship is closer to what this phenomenon is all about, breaking on through to the other side, to borrow Jim Morrison's term. Um, Maybe Jim Morrison had it right there, Alan. I know there's a lot of questions we have to ask, and we will. We have Chris O'Brien and Greg Bishop as our co-hosts. We're talking with Alan Greenfield, Tim Beckley, Claudia Cunningham. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. All types of batteries for all types of gadgets. We'll say it again. All types of batteries for For all all types types of gadgets. gadgets. Electronics, toys, flashlights, computers, accessories, and more are at BatteryStation.com. Whatever type battery you need, alkaline, lithium, gel cell, NICAT, metal hydride, sealed lead acid, and more are at BatteryStation.com. Our homepage gives you quick access to ham, marine, police, fire, and aviation batteries. Plus, choose from our great selection of LED flashlights with no bulb to ever burn out and much longer battery life. Find many top brands, including Streamlight, Pelican, Surefire, Novatac, Gerber, and more at BatteryStation.com. You'll also find the most popular brands of ammunition and watertight cases for storing guns, food, electronics, survival gear, and more at BatteryStation.com. Call 417-257-7799. That's 417-257-7799. You will be surprised when you visit BatteryStation.com. 
In a coming apart world, you need something to keep it tied together. That something is Atwood Rope, the highest quality rope made in the USA from exotic braids for military, rescue, arborists, shipyards, tow line, or boating. Quality rope at affordable prices you and your customers can depend on. Find a dealer or shop online at atwoodrope.net. Enter promo code RADIO to receive 100 feet of 550 paracord free with purchase. Atwood Rope, working to keep the world tied together. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Men, take control of your prostate health without the risk of nasty side effects with Prostate Secure. Early detection, regular prostate exams, and PSA tests are a must for men over 40. Listen, if you have symptoms of an enlarged prostate but don't want to take a drug with possible nasty side effects, or if you're over 40, then use Prostate Secure, a natural dietary supplement for men. Prostate Secure is a scientifically formulated blend of clinically significant amounts of natural ingredients. It brings together the most powerful plant sterols like beta-cytosterol and saw palmetto, along with antioxidants such as vitamin D3, resveratrol, and lycopene to support good prostate health, proper urinary flow, function, and more. Check out ProstateSecure.com. Order online and save 10% with promo code SAVE10 or call 1-800-239-9432. That's 800-239-9432. Or visit ProstateSecure.com. Take control of your prostate health naturally with Prostate Secure. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. You're in the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. We return. Alan Greenfield holding the floor, and I think some of you are going to have questions of him in a moment. Tim Beckley, Claudia Cunningham, our co-hosts Greg Bishop and Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. So, okay, you've raised a whole bunch of things here. So many cans of worms, Alan. So we're talking about now the possibilities that so many plants out there will harbor life, but not as we know it. Sometimes they are the basic forms of life using chemistry like we have here. Maybe they're made up of arsenic. Maybe they're made up of old lace. I don't know, but... I'm just bringing that up. But seriously speaking here, with all the you're possibilities... You're going to explain that one. You're dating yourself there. Okay. It's, it's an, old... an old movie, very funny, about ladies, nice old ladies that poison their relatives. That's good. Okay. End of review. Okay. <laughs> and old lace. Joan Crawford, uh, Betty Davis. Excellent. Da-da-da-da. Okay. <laughs> Go on, Gene. Okay, so it. the point being here that are you saying or suggesting, Alan, that maybe... Either there is no E.T. or E.T. doesn't really care about who and what we are. I'm only suggesting that, we, that the evidence for UFOs is confined to the Earth and the near vicinity of Earth. And while I think statistically it is likely 
that life as we know it, and uh, according to the most recent scientific evidence, apparently quite a bit of life as we don't know it, you know, literally, I don't think it was arsenic, but it was some other poison, or maybe it was arsenic, I don't know. Has it, it you can survive in an arsenic-rich environment. Yeah, well, the, the, yeah, the, the point being that life doesn't necessarily have to be as we know it. But the scattering in the universe is something not to be sneezed at. Scientists tend to be, uh, 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 conventional scientists tend to be overawed by it. But the distance between stars is immense. And the likelihood that a nearby star system uh, has advanced life that would be visiting the Earth, at least any, on any kind of regular basis, uh, as UFOs are a daily phenomenon, is extremely remote. The likelihood, however, if you look into the lore of uh, what Jacques Vallée used to refer to as Magonia, the, the other where, the fairy world, the world where you go into the mountain uh, for, a, for a night and spend the night with the goddess Venus and come out and it's 100 years later and everybody you knew is dead, that kind of distortion of space-time and materiality, it's consistent with a lot of cutting-edge physics. And it's a lot, in a certain sense, closer at hand. Now, the two may interact, but what I'm saying is the phenomena that we're dealing with, we have yet to trace anything going from star B to star A, Sol, and winding up here on Earth. Uh, even Carl Sagan said it may have happened in ancient times, and maybe there's a little bit of truth in uh, uh, our old and late friend, uh, Yona Fortner's, uh, a very sophisticated view of, of ancient visitations and Eric Von Daniken's uh, a lot less sophisticated but a lot more loudly trumpeted views of uh, perhaps the occasional visitor long ago leaving their marks on civilization. That may have happened. I don't know. It's certainly possible. But does it have a lot to do with the UFO phenomena? Only if in being interdimensional there's also some way to go through space-time as well as through dimensionality. Otherwise, the distances are just too vast for the type of phenomena we have, unless we suppose they set up a base on the far side of the moon and, and have hidden it from those few astronauts who have ventured around, uh, sometimes in a very cavalier sort of way. Not Or physics isn't as we know it right now, and there's ways to uh, cheat, bend, or uh, change the rules as we, that we have right now. Physics as we know it right now is so vastly different from physics as we knew it 10 years ago, if you, if you follow it closely. Well, actually, some of the stuff it, recently does make it more possible. Not, and I'm not pushing for the ETH theory. I'm the, probably the last person to do that. But there, there are two sides to it, and one side of it says that as you say, some of the physics now is uh, saying that it could be allowed that somebody could travel um, from one place to another without having to worry about the distance. Yeah, you've got a lot of different uh, uh, possibilities there considering the universe. Is, it, it could happen, but again, why would that... I'm more interested sociologically in why that was the first thing people were leaping at when this burst onto the public consciousness in 1947 and has continued to be the predominant theory because we have, while it's possible, we have no evidence of that, but we have uh, thousands of years of evidence of uh, communication between here and otherwhere, uh, the, the whole day of the dead lore where the world of the dead and the world of the living come closely together 
on what we now uh, refer to as Halloween, um, is uh, uh, many centuries old, probably dating to uh, pre-Christian times, as a as as a a rite and a um, belief system, and yet that was not the first place that we turned to. I guess other planets are palatable to a tech-oriented society, but that doesn't make it more true. And to me, when I think about, I don't like to go back to the old cases, and I have said this before, but I will repeat one thing. When I, as an occultist, look at Albert K. Bender and his room and the way it was set up, whether he knew it or not, he was doing a magical invocation. And yeah. he got what he asked for. K K K. You know, doesn't work for me because that's not my uh, magic word. But uh, as I showed in A Secret Cipher, The Euphonauts, and Secret Rituals of the Men in Black, both of them basically on the Men in Black uh, phenomena, um, the meaning of these strange terms is identical with the type of meaning that you get from so-called magical words of power. What they mean, I don't know, but they seem to be keys to other vibrations, other elements, and things enter here, but they seem to have trouble staying here, and we, I'm sure Tim could tell you some stories about, you know, invisible men in black, and men in black who seem to want to leave very quickly because they're about to melt. Uh, my favorite is uh, one that, that uh, the late John Keel uh, exposed at the, for the Cape May uh, tiny case, where the, towards the end, the guy was list guy, the entity was listless and seemed to be trying to leave before he dissolved. I think they live on our energy and, and, and project themselves, but basically you've got gray aliens in black drag because that's the way we expect to see them. They're like tulpas, uh, thought forms that only have a certain uh, limited amount of uh, lifespan. Exactly. I, I don't know. You use also... a term like tulka, and it's very interesting. Why is tulka not considered... Uh, a priori anyway, as likely to be identical with what we're talking about when we talk about men in black in the UFO context. I think it should be. I think that's yeah, the I agree. first thing we should examine and either dismiss or or validate. But uh, but it's rarely talked about, rarely looked at, except by a few people like me and me. Um, 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 and uh, as I, I've said before, most of the people who devoted themselves to... Um, to men in black cases, so-called, um, as a specialty, uh, died off young. Uh, Keel is the only one I can think of who um, lived to a relatively ripe, relatively old age. Um, it's not my specialty. I want to say that. It's just something that people call on me for in the absence of the specialists. But they, they all died in their 40s and 50s or younger, a lot younger in some cases. And... Uh, some say that's you know just coincidence, but I know that the pool of people that are that are actively involved in any aspect of ufology is very small in in absolute and relative terms. We're talking about oh a few hundred people that are really activists, maybe conceivably a thousand or so, and the statistical likelihood of that many people dying in their 40s and 50s in a, in a society where the, uh, and all of these were American cases that I'm thinking of, where the um, um, average age and, uh, of uh, mortality is in its, uh, early, um, in its 72 to 74 for men, I believe it is currently, and 74 to 76 for women. It just it doesn't gel. It's uh, it's bad statistics, and a little demographic work and a little statistical work will show you it. It's unlikely to be coincidence. I think 
they were murdered. In, in a conventional way or by attrition or because they are working with things they should not? Or what, what do you think? I think when uh, at the culmination of a series of deaths, when Ron Bonds ate out at a restaurant and was said to have died within 12 hours of uh, quote, food poisoning, which no one else in the restaurant, including his wife, who was eating the same thing, uh, died. Illuminate Press, which was the only press at that time, or, or one, of the, one of the few, that was publishing and republishing books devoted both to the UFO phenomena and to conspiracy theory stuff. I don't think it was... Uh, coincidental. I think he was killed. I'll tell you what, we have to get into more of that in a moment. We have Alan Greenfield. Our co-hosts are Chris O'Brien and Greg Bishop. We also have Tim Beckley, Claudia Cunningham. Please check our forums, forum.paracast.com. That's forum.paracast.com. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, then carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So the question arises, is Chris O'Brien really one of them? He's our co-host. Yes, and Greg Bishop. He's pulling us away from these alien things. I, I I think he's a bad influence. We have Alan Greenfield, we have Tim Beckley, we have Claudia Cunningham. The question on the table, is Chris O'Brien a bad influence, Chris? (laughs) God, I hope so. I hope so, too. I mean, I I like him. We're we're all a bad influence, and uh, happy to hear um, Alan saying all the uh, non-ETH stuff. I think that you can't push that enough amongst the... UFO uh, researchers, um, and I think the younger generation of UFO researchers is starting to drop that. Consider other other theories. At, well, you know, by and large, they're, which is a good also, thing. Also, the old timers, though, too. Uh, now, um, Phil and Brogno, and yeah. um, let's see. Uh, there's a, a and it did. Think, yes, and Hi- and Heineck, in fact, that uh, you know, told me some pretty incredible stories about uh, Men in Black himself, and uh, uh, towards the uh, the end of his uh, career, was moving. Decisively uh, away from uh, the uh, e, uh, ETH theory, and of course, uh, even uh, his uh, closest associate, uh, 
Ted uh, Phillips, I believe, on your program or some other uh, show that I heard. If there there are no program, other programs. I was just saying that, Gene. Okay. But he also uh, said that uh, he's uh, leaning uh, way far away from believing that these UFOs in Marley Woods and other places are of extraterrestrial uh, origin. Me, I kind of think there's still a slim possibility that some of them may be from somewhere else. But uh, I think the majority of it is a paranormal uh, nature. And uh, Alan correctly points out that the phenomena that takes place in the seance room and the phenomena that takes uh, the place around the UFOs are remarkably the same. In fact, I recently did a book on Conan Doyle, who, of course, was the creator of Sherlock Holmes, and uh, Houdini, who was a debunker, uh, very much like uh, the amazing Randy of uh, uh, today. And, and Yuri Geller, I mean, the history just kind of goes around, you know. If you read uh, some of the uh, the things that happened in the seance room 150 years ago, they're exactly what takes place on the UFO playing field. We have levitations. We have accounts of beings materializing in front of witnesses. And uh, there's the old uh, belief, uh, just uh, like there are a lot of beliefs in UFO ufology, which uh, turn out not to be true, that all seances were conducted in darkness. Absolutely not true. Some of them were uh, were uh, held with lamps and candles and, and windows open and in the daytime. So that's, uh, again, just something that the uh, the skeptics would like you to believe. Skeptics who have probably never bothered to investigate a case in their life. Tim, but, I want to bring up something here. We have another guest here, Claudia Cunningham, yes. that you introduced to me. And I'm going to let you take the microphone oh. over for a few minutes and explain yes. just what her story is, what her uh, connection to all this is. Tim? This would be, this would be like a sub-co-host. <laughs> That's right. We have co-hosts. We have sub-co-hosts. We have subterranean co-hosts, and you're the subterranean co-host. All right. Well, that that's very fitting. Well, I first uh, heard from Claudia uh, when she sent me an email. In her email, uh, which was uh, very articulately um, uh, written, I, I mean, it was uh, you, sometimes you get a lot of things that are scribbled in pencil, or you got to kind of read between the lines. But what she wrote to me was very articulate, so I, I got I got in touch with her, and she told me some very outstanding uh, stories regarding the men in black and other parafor- uh, paranormal phenomena. In fact, the uh, the incident that uh, uh, I first heard from her uh, concerned MIBs that were uh, seen in the uh, graveyard in the cemetery where the Honorable Charles Fort uh, is buried in upstate uh, New York. So, uh, Claudia, why don't you just uh, fill us in uh, a little bit on the on the background of that uh, episode, because it's certainly a, a very outstanding uh, incident involving involving the men in black. Okay, I will do that. Um, let me, first of all, set the scene for uh, what the, let me first say it's 150 miles north of Manhattan, probably four miles out of uh, the city of Albany, which is, of course, is the capital city of the state. Uh, I'm a lifetime resident here, and I am uh, acquainted with uh, a lady. Uh, we've known each other since we were five. I am, uh, I won't tell you my age, but Linda's almost 60 years old now. She's a registered nurse, uh, very, uh, somebody that you wouldn't uh, say is a jokester. She's more of a very serious person. So when she told me the story uh, in May of '09, I really uh, became quite enthralled with it, and I did a lot of study on the cemetery after that and found out quite a bit. 
But um, anyway, uh, the cemetery itself is situated, uh, like I say, a few miles outside of uh, the city of Albany. Uh, it was uh, designated, I just made a couple notes here, uh, in 1841. Uh, in response to an ever-growing problem of flooding at cemeteries within the city itself. So um, at, in its day, it was uh, a very well-known area, even uh, as far as maybe the early 1700s. Uh, uh, the area itself is um, uh, well-known for um, a lot of uh, illustrious uh, Dutch settlers, um, including uh, later on, and uh, as we move forward in, in history, Charles Arthur, President of the United States, is buried there. Uh, there is a sculptor, Daniel Manning, who served under President Grover Cleveland. There are uh, senators and a few congressmen in the cemetery. It's huge. It's on a, a two-mile hill. When you go in off of Broadway, which is where Linda had the sighting, it's very imposing. You go over a railroad track, and there's these big iron gates that open up. On the left is uh, an office uh, that looks something like out of uh, where the Munsters might live. It's an old Gothic building. Across the street from that is the crematorium. Uh, the road itself is a very wide macadam road. So Linda called me, and uh, you know we're we're kind of crazy. We I've always uh, believed in a lot of the paranormal. I've kind of been studying it since about 1968 when I was just a teenager. And um, Linda also, she's uh, big on the Ouija boards and uh, going to card readers and all this. But this was huge. So when my phone rang, she said, "You're the only person I can tell." Uh, my story too because everybody else would laugh at me so I said well yeah I'd love, love to hear it well she lives across the street from the cemetery and it was um, a beautiful May afternoon um, around 2 o'clock she said uh, and there were, there were a lot of milkweeds in the area I don't know if you know what they are but they kind of stick to your car they're kind of annoying they kind of fly through the air at that time of year and her car was covered with this stuff uh, and this will kind of lead into what happened to her later. This is why I mention it. Uh, she went in the cemetery, and she said it was funny. There was no one around. And uh, so she said, I took the first left up this little tiny hill. And uh, it's a gravel road. So if there was someone coming in the front or the back or from wherever, you would hear the tires. It was deadly quiet. Nobody was there. So she pulled up, and she said, well, uh, I'm going to pull over here, and since it's a historical cemetery, she was going to take a little historical tour of her own that day. So she uh, pulled over and uh, turned the key off, and looking in her rearview mirror, nothing in back of her, nothing to the front of her, uh, turned the car off, and instantaneously, you have to picture this, she, she put her head down to take the key out, looked up in the mirror, and there was this mammoth black military-looking SUV that was so close to the back of her car, she said it could have been in the back seat. It was wide. It was shiny. It was like a, a piece of uh, black patent leather. That's what, she, that's what she told me. The windows were jet black. Tires were black. This thing made no noise, no milkweed on this thing. It just came out of nowhere. So she, I can imagine what I would do. I would have, I would have been dead right there. I would have had a heart attack. But she's very, um, I don't know, I guess excited by something like that. So she was, wow, what is this? But then she thought, well, maybe they're going to rob me or worse. 
And at first she didn't think paranormal. Um, there were a few robberies in that cemetery uh, over the past few years, so I guess that's kind of what she initially thought. Um, so she decided, well, I'm going to put the key in, and I'm just going to kind of creep forward, and I'm going to watch this thing and see if it follows me, which she did. I'll tell you what, okay. let's give you the cliffhanger because we have to carry this over okay. to the next segment. So, Okay, oh. so she decides she's going to move slowly, creep along with her vehicle. We have yes. co-hosts Chris O'Brien and Greg Bishop. Our guests are Tim Beckley, T. Allen Greenfield, and we're hearing a very unusual story from Claudia Cunningham. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. This is Tamar from Namecheap. We're a domain name and web hosting company, and we really care about our customers. With domain name purchases, Namecheap offers free SSL and free WhoisGuard for a year to protect your identity from spammers. Most importantly, we care about you. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at radio.namecheap.com, radio.namecheap.com for web hosting and domain name specials. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Namecheap or become a fan of ours on Facebook at facebook.com slash Namecheap. See you online. Fate Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Are you wondering about your retirement portfolio? Are you confident that the financial advisor is experienced enough to combat climbing interest rates, taxes, and inflation? Stop guessing and go to the expert, Robert Chapman of the International Forecaster. When you subscribe to the International Forecaster, you get Robert Chapman's 45 years of experience and concise investment recommendations. Who needs sugar-coated excuses when you can get the cold hard facts and proven investment leads you can't get anywhere else? For a free introductory copy to Robert Chapman's International Forecaster, subscribe now at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. Experience the difference. When you subscribe, you can email Robert Chapman directly to obtain investment advice tailored just for you. Don't wait another minute. Subscribe today at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. That's 877-479-8178. If you own a septic system or if you're facing costly septic system replacement, this message is for you. When you want to stop paying for pump outs and avoid backups, when you've had enough of the foul odors and costly repairs, use BioSafe One Septic Solution. Now there's an easy to use 100% guaranteed answer to all your septic system problems. BioSafe One Septic Solution. BioSafe One is patented and made specifically for all septic systems and made by the same team of scientists who help clean up the Exxon Valdez oil spill. BioSafe One decontaminates and removes sludge, stops costly pump-outs and repairs, and removes septic system stench, all with a 100% success rate. See what gives BioSafe One Septic Solution the advantage over any other septic product at BioSafeOne.com. That's B-I-O-S-A-F-E-O-N-E.com. BioSafeOne.com. Or call toll-free 1-866-424-6663. That's 1-866-424-6663. BioSafe One, the guaranteed, bio-friendly, money-saving way to clean your septic system. I'm concerned about food for my family in the event of an emergency, and I know you are too. Are you ready? 
Don't wait for an emergency to happen. Put a plan together now with quality dehydrated food from Ready Reserve Foods. For nearly 40 years, Ready Reserve Foods has been in continuous operation canning the finest in dehydrated foods. Other companies just broker canned foods. Ready Reserve is the manufacturer controlling quality from start to finish with double enameled cans and nitrogen packing for maximum shelf life. Ready Reserve offers a balanced selection of fruits, vegetables, dairy products, proteins, and grains. Choose from a variety of pre-selected units or order by individual can to customize your own plan. When you purchase from Ready Reserve Foods, you are buying factory direct at wholesale prices. Call today for a free catalog, 1-800-453-2202 or visit readyreservefoods.com. Call 1-800-453-2202. Ready Reserve Foods. Factory direct. Wholesale pricing. On air, online, and on demand, we are the GCN Radio Network. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And if you want to catch up on past episodes, we have hundreds of shows for you to download direct from theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Or check us out on iTunes. The co-hosts are Chris O'Brien, Greg Bishop. The topic on the table, the men in black or the people in black or the things in black. Tim Beckley, Alan Greenfield, Claudia Cunningham telling us this story. Your friend starts to creep along slowly in her car, I gather? That's right. And instead of this thing following her, it backed up, and she's watching it. And it went down one of these little side hills in the cemetery, and she got mad. She says, I'm going to follow this thing and find out what they wanted. Crazy, but this is how she is. So she went after the car. She sees the top of the, the car disappear down the hill. She says exactly where it went. She follows it. Only, guess what? There's no road there, only a chain-linked fence. This thing couldn't have gone anywhere. It vanished right in front of her eyes. (laughs) So, now this sounds pretty wild, and it did to me, even for Linda. So, I kind of got a little, you know, well, you know, is this a joke or or what? But she was so emphatic and so excited about it, she convinced me. So, she said after that, she says, I just kind of went down uh, the road the way I came in. And she says, I just wanted to get out of there. And she said, imagine my surprise when this thing was parked right in the middle of the road, right next to the office, nobody else around. And she said, I had the feeling they were waiting for me. Outside of this car was a man about 40 years old. She said he was completely dressed in black, even the black wraparound sunglasses, uh, black shoes, black shirt, black complexion. He wasn't he wasn't black, he wasn't African, he was um you know, kind of a dusky complexion. And she said I I pulled up alongside of him and he just kind of nodded like a knowing look. So she says I just gasped it. I got right out of there. So of course I immediately went to the computer and I brought up all the information I could find about the cemetery and I was astonished to find that it's haunted by and I quote, sinister disappearing black vehicles, men in black a black dog, and a couple who hold hands in their pajamas and float over the tombstones at dusk, okay? So many people have uh, reported this. My niece lives in an apartment building um, in Albany, and, uh, of course, she's into this also, and I I told her about it, and she said, well, 
one of the groundskeepers is a neighbor of mine. Let me find out if he's heard anything. And she did ask him, and he said uh, he has not seen anything personally, but he says, I've heard all the stories. There, there's definitely something going on in there. So um, just as a little, um, I'll tie up the, the story here. Uh, for about three months, I was completely engrossed in this uh, story. And I had read Tim. Uh, book years ago, uh, his first uh, book about the men in black, which I um, gave to Linda. She never heard of him before. UFO and, Silencers. Um, UFO Silencers, which is the the book, the book on the subject. Uh, it gave me many nights of uh, sleeplessness. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was always uh, kind of you know interested. You know, I've always been kind of interested in, in this stuff. So, uh, for well, like, that's the other question we'd obviously ask yeah. about your friend. And that sure. is, of course, wow, okay, if she's interested in the subject, uh-huh. you know, didn't that possibly color what she experienced? It did, but she hadn't heard of them until I had told her about this. Her her whole um, experience with the paranormal uh, was maybe at one point a Ouija board, a card reader, things like that, but nothing on this level of this magnitude. But anyway, I got very much into this for three or four months afterwards. So this is when my own life, uh, you know, like I, like I don't have enough problems, but this is what happened. Um, one afternoon, I, I recently moved in with my mother. She's 95, so I try to get her out every day. And I said, let's go over to the Delaware Shopping Center. So I got her in the car. We went over. And um, I wasn't thinking about the subject or anything, but I, I pulled in front of one of the dollar stores. And uh, I had my mother in the car and the dog, and I went in and got my, my purchase, and I came out, and I got back in the car, and there was this big black little SUV to the right of where I was parked, and I joked to my mother, and I said, gee, that thing looks like something Linda may have seen, and we both kind of laughed. And uh, as God is my witness, uh, this little man, all dressed in black, came from around the back of this thing and walked right next to the car and kind of looked in. He had a hat like uh, John Lennon. I don't know if you remember in the 60s he started a fashion trend with a black cap. Uh, he had the black, the, everything was black, the black shoes, the black socks, the, the pants, the shirt that looked like it just got out, uh, just bought uh, that day. Uh, and he walked to the front of my car and he had sunglasses on and he just kind of took the sunglasses down about an inch and a half and nodded his head like, a little knowing look, and I thought, ooh, the knowing look, that's what Linda said. And I was so speechless. I don't know why I didn't jump out of the car and say, do I know you or or what, but I just kind of got out of there. And when I got home, I thought, you know, it could have been a chauffeur. It could have been just a man dressed in black doing shopping, or it could have been one of these guys who kind of said, yeah, you know, you're interested in this, you want to see one, here I am. I don't know. I'm not wise enough to know. But uh, to me, it was it was like a confirmation. So I have my own opinion about this. I don't know. My opinion is, you know, 10 cents, you know, it might buy you a cup of coffee. What is the old saying? My opinion in a quarter will buy you a cup of coffee. I'm not an expert. I, I have an interest in this stuff. But I think they're from the dark side of um, the spectrum. I think they're here to confuse us, uh, to confound us, to get us um, maybe away from um, our, our better selves and drag us into the occult. I think it can be very dangerous to have too much of an interest in this. My opinion, uh, I think it was, it was neat that it happened. I had the little man, I don't know if that was just, a, like I say, an ordinary shopper or just somebody that was kind of 
pulling my chain and saying, yeah, here we are. I know they have... Yeah, just yeah. Gloria, uh, don't you think, though, that uh, now uh, the paranormal phenomena that went on in that uh, cemetery, I mean, it uh-huh. seems that the, this would almost be like a, 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 you know, a vortex or a portal or an opening to another dimension. Not only yeah. the, uh, do you have uh, uh, Charles Fort uh, buried there, perhaps leading the uh, the parade, but uh-huh. you, you had uh, uh, the reports of, I, I think, uh, the strange, big, ugly, fierce dogs and uh-huh. a couple that flies over the, uh, the tombstones at night in their pajamas. Right. Uh, there's something going on there. And, you know, it's funny because I recently spoke to my niece. She um, she gave me the name of a book, and I, don't, I have it written down. I don't know where it is now. But it was written by a local Albany lady about uh, the paranormal happenings in the area. And uh, they mentioned the cemetery, and they mentioned the black cars that, um, I, I say plural, that have been seen uh, going around in uh, like a circle just very slowly with people in, dressed in black walking alongside of the vehicles. And when you approach them, they it, they vanish. So I want to get the name of that book. I'd like to read it. Um, and one the last thing I'll say, a friend of mine, um, uh, Jim Kleinhans, <laughs> uh, I, I was kind of telling him about it. And he said, you know, he says, when I, I used to have a Camaro when I was a kid. And he says, I used to go up there and wax my car, like on a Sunday, because it's, you know, beautiful place. And he said one time, and this had to be, I don't know, when were Camaros out? Early 70s, late 60s, something like that. Well, Camaros, Uh, of course, have come back. Let's talk about the Camaro in just a moment, okay? We're talking with Claudia Cunningham about some unusual experiences. I'm going to want our panel to chime in with questions. We have co-hosts Chris O'Brien and Greg Bishop, Alan Greenfield, Tim Beckley. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! Of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack, attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is Heart and Body Extract. My name is Stan, and I'm 68 years old, and I live in Vermont. In the spring of 2003, I started to have problems with my heart. It felt like my heart was pounding, made me feel breathless. I tried many, many different things to try to get some help for myself. Nothing did anything. Heart and Body Extract is very powerful, very effective, and works quickly. I saw one of Sharon's ads and ordered Heart and Body Extract. I noticed a difference quickly, within days. The episodes became less frequent, and by a month, they completely vanished. Usually, you find a 30-day or 60-day guarantee. Heart and Body Extract comes with a lifetime 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. 
Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at crossbreedholsters.com. Don't forget crossbreedholsters.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. The food storage industry leader has done it again. Introducing FDG Clubs and Survival Bucks from the Freeze-Dry Guy. For over 39 years, the Freeze-Dry Guy has served various government agencies and the private sector with the finest in storable foods and emergency rations. If you've wanted to build emergency food supplies but couldn't afford it, now you can. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on products, and look for the freeze-dry guy clubs to pay as you go. Now you can build food storage without going into debt. Choose from a payment range of $95 to $450 per month. Our clubs work with everyone's budget. Plus, when you join freeze-dry guy clubs, you'll get additional rewards. For example, this month, get 10% back in survival bucks on all purchases in the freeze-dry guy product line, plus free shipping within the lower 48 states on any order amount. Hurry, go to freezedryguy.com or call 866 404 That's freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. The Freeze-Dry Guy, the best you can buy. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. This is Philip Rogno. You're listening to Paracast, one of the most informative shows out there. So listen closely. We return, continuing the tale, which is now encompassed with Claudia Cunningham, a Camaro, co-hosts Greg Bishop and Chris O'Brien. Alan Greenfield and Tim Beckley are along here. So, Claudia, explain about the Camaro. Okay. According to my friend, he would go up there and wax his Camaro, and he saw um, two uh, navy blue old-time cars, and uh, they were like old uh, Lincoln Continentals or whatever. And he said they kept kind of, I don't know, going, I don't know if it was in a circle or just kind of moving around. And he says they kind of caught my eye because they, they were just kind of riding around. And eventually one came over to him, and he said it was a, a very heavy set man. And he says, I thought they were with the mafia, maybe a drug deal or whatever. And the guy said in a very gruff voice, you better do that someplace else. And he just said, oh. He says, okay, sir. And he says, that was it. And he said, you know, I, I, I haven't thought of that until you mentioned it. He says, you know, maybe that was a man in black. But he said it was a very strange feeling he got from them. He says, I thought it was, you know, just a mafia type. But uh, who knows? It's a strange place, that's for sure. Well, but, the old um, name for the mafia was the black hand. So it, uh, you may be dealing with the same thing at a certain level. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you go up there, and I was um, a couple, oh, I guess about a week ago, uh, I finally got together with my friend Linda and uh, two girlfriends, and uh, we just took a ride in there, and I wanted to see exactly where Linda had that sighting. And it is pretty creepy. It's in a very dark corner of the cemetery. And uh, in 1973 or four, 
um, I was in there with my sister-in-law and her little girl, and I stopped at the, the crypt of um, the old mayor of Albany. His name was John Boyd Thatcher. And um, I wanted to go over and kind of peek in and, you know, see what we could see. And uh, my sister-in-law sat in the car, and I had the baby with me by the hand, and I, I got within maybe three feet of this thing, and I heard this bang. It was like a metallic bang coming from inside of that crypt. I threw that kid over my shoulder. I think we went out of there 40 miles an hour backwards. You know, and that was weird. It was a very, you know, it was definitely a metallic noise that I heard. So, you know, the figure, I, I don't know. I can't explain that either. But I would not go in there alone. You, the minute you go in there, you feel like there's somebody watching you. And I, I may have a good imagination, but even absent the, uh, that, you, I think any normal, everyday person, when you go in there, you get a funny feeling that you're not alone. Now, and now I have a question and make an observation. Mm-hmm. The question is, in terms of the dollar store, is that a place, that particular store that you frequent often? Um, I'm not really a dollar store person. I don't I go in there... Yeah, I you know I don't like well I, I I won't say anything but no I I probably go over there maybe once every three months maybe. Have you ever seen this person again before or since same vehicle no. same person? Okay. No, no. The, and uh, the observation is if we were to take this entire sequence of things that you describe, which you describe very eloquently, by the way, and oh, thank you. Um, I'm nervous. Um, <laughs> And most inter- well, it doesn't doesn't show, and it's uh, oh, extremely okay. interesting. If you took okay. it in isolation, it uh, not to beat my my drum too hard on this, but it is a classical men in black type experience. Um, mm. And yet, if we were to hear it in isolation, there is no UFO case associated with it, no alien beings, at least not such that you would. Uh, automatically uh, assume that they were visitors from another planet. In fact, it's your classical haunting of a cemetery. And the haunting Mm -hmm. of a cemetery is usually thought of, especially repeaters, um, is not uncommon. And this is a place uh, often uh, of sacred ground that has been blessed by a priest or rabbi or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh, is associated with death and decomposition and mourning and a lot of other energies that do tend in many, many different instances to produce similar phenomena uh, all over the world as far as I know, but certainly all over this country. And I've even heard other stories, uh, unless Tim has told me your story before, that are almost identical involving disappearing cars. By the way, the mafia uh, may, may or may not be good at what they do, but I don't think they've developed the art of invisibility and disappearing uh, at the, uh, in front of your eyes. So that probably is, is not the explanation. Well, uh, Claudia, but, let me ask this. Did you, did you have other experiences? Did you feel that you're, after this, uh, these experiences, did you, did you feel that your phone was being tapped or was there anything that was happening uh, around the, uh, the home that would seem that this was uh, creeping in? Uh, well, let me just say, you know, I've always had an interest in this, as I said, and I've had things happen to me throughout my life. 
my husband and I uh, saw a spirit at the Tenbrook Mansion in Albany in 1970. Of a spirit of a lady. I mean, I've had, when I came back from Ireland, um, I was in a little plane coming up to Albany, and I, I was looking, you know, watching the Hudson River from the, my side of the plane, and here was a silver disc that was uh, keeping pace with our plane, doing flips and all kinds of crazy things. Later on, um, a man I was engaged to, uh, we both saw, it looked like, um, you know those old hard hats that the divers used to wear in the 30s? Before they had the, oh, yeah. you know, like you know, um, yeah. underwater divers. Yeah, like um, in the Jules Verne movie, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yep. The, the pressure suits, you mean? Diving, yep. diving bell thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yep. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, this thing looked like one of the the hard hats. Only it was um, probably I don't know if I. It's hard to measure, but uh, probably 200 feet over our car. I'm driving and. Kevin has his head out the window and goes, pull over, pull over. Oh, my God, there's a UFO. And um, lights came on under the thing. And people, you know, it was rush hour. Nobody seemed to see it. You know, that was probably 1991, I would imagine. Um, What else? I've had things disappear. My mother had a a stone that she brought back from um, Hawaii. She had it on her mantle. And the thing disappeared. Uh, She blamed me for it. Uh, she was kind of attached to it, you know, a little memento of her trip. And uh, a couple of days later, there were three of them there, exactly the same. My father, or my, I'm sorry, my, yeah, my father, not my father, my grandmother passed away in this house. Um, I've had, I've had my keys, you know, I mean, I guess this has happened to all of us, where keys will disappear, and then a, a day later you'll find them in the, like, your refrigerator or something. So, you know, I've always had, um, not massive uh, things happen to me, but yeah, there there have been things that that tell me there's definitely another another end to this life. It doesn't end when we take our last breath. And I'll tell you, there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of my friends included, who will have a shock when they find out <laughs> that this is not all you get. I, I am all right. Okay, let's let's Chris be practical here because we have a lot of. Listeners who don't just accept the things, but they tend to look at things and rather than believe them on faith, they look for other Mm -hmm. possibilities. And is there at all any possibility that someone, something is basically playing a trick on you, Claudia, or your friends? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, You know, I think these things uh, can appear. This is, again, my own feeling uh, as a UFO, as the man in black, as uh, your dead Aunt Harriet. I think they can appear as a ghost, as, you know, you name it. I think they have a really weird sense of humor, like um, oh, John Keel, in one of his books I read years ago, a man who saw a UFO had poltergeist activity in his house, and his shoes and socks were stolen. Well, the next day I came a knock on the door, and there were the shoes all polished, the socks were all washed and neatly folded. So, you know, yeah, I mean... I, I don't think my friend Linda was kidding uh, at all. I mean, uh, did I Linda know that you have this interest? No, she knew that I went to card readers when I was a kid, and my grandmother and I used to use the Ouija board. I used to drag her into that all the time, but uh, she's not. Um, uh, she didn't know of my interest until probably a couple of years ago, where I was kind of, you know, we had a, co- a conversation or two about it. Yeah, she had lost her mother and became very um, curious as to what happens after. And uh, she kind of picked up her interest in, you know, um, 
Oh, the Ouija board and things like that back then. I'll tell you what, we have Claudia Cunningham, and we're going to learn more about her and her experiences, but also about the men in black and the legends. Our co-hosts are Chris O'Brien and Greg Bishop. Our guests also include Alan Greenfield, Tim Beckley. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast t-shirt. Hey, neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $209, and the Berkey guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com But wait, there's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. Extend your life with After my second heart attack, I knew I needed more help than I had. That's when Extendivite came into my life. Made from garlic, cayenne, and five other herbs, I started to feel better in a very short time. My name's Don Wiskin, and I'm here because of Extendivite. Extendivite gave me more energy than I've had in years. I am the only one in my house right now that's not sick from colds or flus. 
and I owe that all to Extendivite. My name is Rick, and I'm healthy because of Extendivite. To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit the website at heartdrop.com. That's H-E-A-R-T-D-R-O-P dot com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're in the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Claudia Cunningham, who is a special guest joining us, talking about a range of things that may or may not be MIB-related. The co-hosts are Chris O'Brien, Greg Bishop, and our guests include Tim Beckley and Alan Greenfield. Claudia, now, would it make sense for us to know what you do in civilian life? Well, I'm retired. Um, I used to work for the state of New York for the Department of Labor for 39 years. And uh, right now, I'm um, I'm a widow. I'm taking care of, like I say, of my mother. And uh, I'm enjoying my retirement. I have a lot of friends and uh, do volunteer work and travel and read. And uh, I'm like Tim. I like the old-time horror movies. I'm, I'm a big fan of all the uh, universal movies of the 1930s, like Dracula, Frankenstein. I have quite a collection of that. And, Those are uh, films where they use thrills and a little bit of suggestion and great acting rather than slash rubber, and blood and monster. gore and all that stuff, yeah. Right. Now, this is the yes. story that uh, Claudia tells. It sounds just like something right out of the movie um, Phantasm. Oh, I love that movie. <laughs> Talk about scary. The Big Tall Stranger and in the yes. cemetery. Yeah. We yeah. used to go by a, um, on the way to Ivan T. Sanderson's place in Blairstown, New Jersey, we used mm-hmm. to go by an old cemetery there that was rumored to have all kinds of weird things going on. Too scared mm-hmm. to stop, actually, I think. <laughs> so if they start chasing you, you would just keep going. Greg, you've been listening to all this. Do you have a few things to ask Claudia to try to amplify this? Well, I was wondering if she if she was able to check out those other stories in the graveyard about the people flying over the gravestones in their pajamas. It's these little weird things about these stories that really intrigue me and that I really like. And everybody's concentrating on one thing. It's like Chris says, as soon as you see something weird, you should look behind you. But uh, have you ever checked out any of those other stories, like the couple with the uh, the flying couple? And what did you say the other one was? Uh, a big black dog. Who the black was, dog uh, thing is... is Pretty common in uh, in uh, paranormal lore, not not usually with um, cemeteries. But I, I tell that to people. They say, you know, are cemeteries often haunted? And I, according to ghost research, is well, not really, because there's just dead people there. There's not really a residual anything that happened there. If you subscribe to that theory, but have you? heard anything else about the other goings-on in the cemetery? No, just uh, what I've read on the Internet after this happened. And there's a couple of sites that talk about this stuff, but it doesn't go into detail. So I'm a little frustrated there. But I, uh, every time I talk to my niece, I, I said, uh, you know, I'd like to meet that uh, caretaker. I'll buy him a cup of coffee sometime and see, you know, what, uh, what people have told him about it. Yeah, that's what I found. I'm working on, like, weird stories about different things, and I'm sure the other people who are writing who are on this show, Chris and, and Alan and everybody else, once you go and ask people about what's going on, 
they will usually tell you if it's something weird and you don't look too, you know, nasty or insane because they want to tell somebody. They want to, right. they want to know that they're not crazy, so they will tell you. But, yeah, I think you should get in touch with that um, caretaker. Doesn't that show, by the way, that one of the biggest failings of UFO research is that investigators come in there and they're well-meaning and they're sincere and some are trained in investigative techniques, but they're so busy looking at the UFO story they're not looking at all this other stuff that's going on around that UFO story. And, Chris, certainly you've explored so oh, many of these exactly. tales where people, once you get to know them, once you sit down, have a cup of coffee, have a pizza, enjoy a little time, you learn that the experiences are far more unusual, right? Yeah, correct. Uh, oftentimes, you know, if I if I have a case that I'm really interested in pursuing and I know the witnesses are either terrified or extremely nervous about divulging the details of their experience what I'll do is I'll just befriend them and I'll, I'll just call every so often and I'll never ask them about their experience they know who I am and why I'm calling and it's kind of a reverse psychology Eventually, they'll you know it's the floodgates will open and and all this wonderful uh, information will come out. One thing I wanted to mention to Claudia is that there is a guy who is local up there. His name is David Pritchett. He's he's written a number of books on the more celebrated haunted sites in the upper you know Hudson Valley region there and wow. and in New England. He would be a very good person, a good resource to go to, and uh, I can go ahead and send you his contact information. He's a very uh, straight-shooting, uh, long-time, 40-year-plus investigator of haunted sites in the area, someone whose work I admire, very level-headed. But um, I think Greg's right, uh, and Gene's right. Uh, this is a, a perfect example of the need for taking the blinders off and not looking at one particular aspect of the paranormal or the, the unknown. I think we should well, always be factoring in, in the, the other... Uh, the other types of phenomenal uh, categories, they should always okay. be, um, you should always be aware of them and, and be looking for, you know, uh, reports that, that may be coincidentally or synchronistically uh, in the same time period, for instance. So, yeah, that's a very good point. We know a lot of people accused of, uh, John Keel of, of uh, kind of uh, killing the, the lily and making up a lot of his, his uh, stories because I guess he didn't do a, a very good job of uh, uh, cross-referencing uh, the incidents or giving the, the names of the people involved. But back in uh, my uh, youth, when I was out doing a lot more in field investigation than I am now, uh, I often found that there there was a lot of uh, re uh, relationship between the different phenomena. I remember I was out uh, in Ohio, and there had been a little item in the newspaper, actually here uh, in the uh, New York Post and the Daily News, to the effect that something had landed uh, in a, a, a farmer's corn uh, field. So I said, well, what the heck, I'm going to be uh, out there anyway. Let me go uh, check in on the uh, the neighborhood. And I, I met with the uh, the fellow who owned the cornfield. Well, now when you think of a cornfield, you think of a va you know like ten acres of corn or something. Well, this was a little cornfield in the back of his house. Uh, apparently, his uh, grandson had seen something that the you know land, and, and they went out the uh, the next day, and the the corn was flattened, and uh, there were uh, three in indentures in the ground as if uh, something had landed on a tripod uh, uh, tripod. You know that was kind of a, a, a popular. A UFO type uh, in those days, you don't quite uh, hear about them too much any uh, anymore, you know. But I said, okay, well, by that time, the uh, the corn was not meshed down so much, and I couldn't really see the tripod, uh, you know, uh, landing gear, or didn't really want to walk that far into the cornfield, you know. Um, 
But I, I happened to ask the uh, the fellow that owned the property. I said, "Well, have you heard about anything uh, you know else uh, transpiring around here?" And he said, "Well, you know." And this is a very uh, sparsely populated uh, neighborhood. I, I mean, uh, you'd have to walk uh, the equivalent of uh, five city blocks, maybe, before you'd come to the next property. You know, he said, "Well, checked out with the woman about a quarter of a mile down the uh, uh, the road. I hear, I hear she had some sighting or something happened to her. So I went down there, and uh, and I spoke to this, uh, uh, you know, a lady, and she said, "Oh yes, you know, I saw some cigar shaped object off into the distance there." But she said, "You know, my main concern is I've had Bigfoot in my yard." And I said, you've had Bigfoot in your yard? How do you know that? She said, well, you, you know, uh, when I'm in the house, I can hear him thumping around the air conditioner. I said, well, are you sure it's, uh, you know, not uh, the, somebody trying to play a, t- a trick on you or uh, maybe it's just something wrong with the air conditioner? She said, oh, no, because uh, after, you know, I've heard him thumping around, I'd go out back and there'd be this pretty peculiar smell. You know, often they smell like a skunk or, or something like that. And, and I said, well, maybe it was a skunk. Oh, no, because it left big indentions in the ground. And she said, well, this thing was, you know, twice the size of a man's uh, uh, footprint. Uh, but it had three toes, I think. That was, you know, uh, it wasn't like a, like a human footprint, you know. So I said, well, that's, that's pretty, uh, you know, uh, strange. And she seemed to tell it in, in all sincerity. So I said, well, anybody else that you know, uh, you know, uh, know around here? Well, walk another quarter mile down the road, right? So I walk another quarter mile down the road. Wish you could do that now. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, ring the next doorbell, or I think actually uh, knocked on the screen door. And the woman behind the screen door said, I can't talk to you about all the things that have been happening here. Well, of course, she continued to chew my ear off about this for about two hours, with her standing on one side of the screen door and me standing out, uh, you know, outside on the back uh, stoop. And so basically, the phrase "I can't tell you about." is an invitation yes. to spend the next six hours explaining sometimes, why she can't oh, tell you about it. Yes, sure. sometimes it can be. And in her case, I believe the main thrust of her paranormal experience was communicating with the water heater. Yeah, you well, know, you know, like there have been times I've wanted to communicate with my water heater, yeah. especially you, you when know, there's you, not you, enough you, hot you, water you, for you a hot of, bath. Okay. Well, you, you kind of sneer at that, but remember the uh, the beginning of the uh, the spiritualist movement, which took place in upstate uh, New York, was the Fox sisters who heard something on the wall, on the ceiling, and on their uh, b- the floorboard, and on their uh, uh, bed. Uh, uh, board and everything like that. So thumps and communicating uh, maybe with a hot water heater might be a little bit unusual, but it, 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 uh, there is precedent in, in the history of uh, the uh, paranormal. So I'll tell you uh, what, it, there's it, also precedent in the history okay. of commercials. <laughs> We're talking to Tim Beckley, Claudia Cunningham, Alan Greenfield, and here's a way you can interact with your fellow PowerCast listeners and sometimes your friendly neighborhood co-hosts and guests. And all you have to do is go to forum.paracast.com. That is forum.paracast.com. Give yourself a unique username. You become a member. You can just lurk, watch what's going on, and maybe even participate and post your own messages. The co-hosts, Greg Bishop and Chris O'Brien. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you'd like to listen to GCN programs on the go, I have great news. GCN has created a Droid and iPhone application, and it's free. Just as easy as going to GCNlive.com, click on the banner, and download. Before you know it, you'll be listening to your favorite hard-hitting GCN shows, live or on demand, right on your Droid or iPhone, 24-7 and on the go. So download the Droid and iPhone app free by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Thanks again for listening to GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this 
this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We return. Our co-host is Chris O'Brien. Greg Bishop has departed for the new year. He's going to have a New Year celebration very early. We have Claudia Cunningham, Alan Greenfield, Tim Beckley. And we're talking about the fact that you go into an area where people have unusual encounters and you find out that the unusual encounters are often far more unusual than anyone would have imagined. Yeah, well, you know, UFO researchers have been... uh, think that they're being scientific, so-called scientific ufologists, you know, they, they go in and they, they look at one little uh, light in the, the sky or something that might have landed in the field, but in the, the meantime, they have, uh, you know, forgotten about everything else that might be occurring there. In fact, when you finish investigating the, uh, the case, like this incident in, in Ohio, uh, that I was uh, involved in researching years ago, uh, the UFO uh, the landing becomes the most mundane, perhaps, of all the th- strange things that took place there. But then strange things are taking place all around us day and night, see? And that's why, you know, even this uh, recently, the press conference on the, um, the UFO sightings over the missile uh, uh, silos and complexes and, and all. Well, that's all very interesting, and it, it surely does add weight, you know, by the credibility of the witnesses. But I think they missed the point. You know, they're trying to, to say, well, the aliens are trying to be, uh, tell us to be careful about our nuclear, uh, you know, activities and, and uh, proliferation of the. Uh, so forth on the planet, but, you know, UFOs have been seen everywhere. So just the fact that they have been seen over nuclear missile silos or over military bases, I don't think is really that significant. Because I, I uh, used to write for, of course, the UFO report, which Saga Magazine put out in the uh, and the 70s, and it was quite a publication, you know. And uh, I did I did articles about UFO sightings over uh, earthquake uh, zones, uh, UFO sightings over major uh, cities. UFOs have been seen everywhere. Uh, it's part of, it's part of the uh, in, in environment since the beginning of time, as far as I'm I'm concerned. So I don't see any particular significance uh, in in one incident over uh, another. They're here, there, and they're everywhere. Alan, yeah. What is your observation about what Claudia has been talking about and the various experiences she has had? Okay, I I certainly don't want to be misunderstood to be diminishing it because I think it's a totally valid experience. It's conceivable that the guy at the dollar store was just a guy at the dollar store who was dressed in black. Uh, Heaven knows I dress in black because I'm slightly demented, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Um, At least you admitted we don't all want to admit we are demented. Some of us would rather Uh, pretend to be normal. Why not? In a world as crazy as this is, not to be demented is a very demented thing to do. But in any case, I I want to underscore that there are many, many cases of this sort. It is rare that we get someone who has experienced it directly and knows others uh, who have experienced uh, some of these phenomena around cemeteries specifically directly 
that um, as far as I can see, the only thing flying in the story is uh, people, you know, and uh, if we're going to talk about flying people, we'd best talk about medieval witch lore, um, not Wicca lore, medieval witch lore and the notion of flying on broomsticks and say, well, those are UFOs. Well, they may be, but the point is this seems to be a paranormal phenomenon where the men in black, quote, unquote, are seen in relation to a place often associated with discarnate entities, with uh, materializations, with ghosts. I have taken a relatively famous uh, photo of a ghost in a, a, a purportedly haunted cemetery, and I have, and Eastman Kodak has, a uh, long story, but the KGB had no explanation for it. I oh, whoa, 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 well, let me just stop. Back up. The KGB had no what? Explanation for what, it. Where's the KGB involved in this? Well, I wanted to submit uh, the photo to various photo analysts, and uh, I had, I have to be a little bit careful here for him, even at this late date, but uh, I had a friend who... Uh, had access uh, to the KGB's entire photographic apparatus, and after hours, he uh, and he's a photo analyst, and uh, he subjected it to basically all the tests they would run on any kind of you know military um, 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 uh, photo asset, and could find no explanation for it. Just as uh, Eastman Kodak, who at that time employed, um, this is in pre-digital times. A specialist, uh, they could find no um, uh, explanation for the photo as well. It's not quite as mysterious as it sounds. The KGB wasn't as mysterious as it sounds. Ugly, yes, but um, we were just talking earlier about the CIA scaring the bejesus out of people in order to disrupt the communists in ufology, whoever that may be. And I probably come closer than anybody else, and I'm not that close. uh, if social democrats count, I guess they do, and I guess they do for Ed Beagle, but not anybody else. Hi, Ed, but, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and the Tea Party. But um, uh, there was relative open access in the period we're talking about where it was analyzed was that transitional period in the late 80s, early 90s between Glasnost and the, the, the fall of the Soviet Union. So it was a kind of a an open era, but the the, uh, the the photo analysis was, I would consider, as as good as anything that you can get in this country, and it uh, wasn't official, but it was done by a person who had full access and full competence to use the um, the entire apparatus of the um, uh, internal secret police. Nothing. I don't regard that as you know any bigger than Kodak analyzing it, but uh, it was sort of a backdoor thing. But then you know, um, one of my books that keeps getting pulled down by its detractors. uh, The only place you can find it for free and not under my control is on a site in Belarus, which really doesn't care very much about (laughs) U.S. copyright laws or, or or people that might. Sue because, and since I don't control it, they can't really blame me for it. But uh, I'm happy to see it up there. It's in a a PDF and it's on an unrelated subject, or or what is probably a related subject, the occult, but which ufologists seem to think is is an unrelated subject. Uh, something I'm trying 
to chain. Uh, that's all there is to that. But I don't know where I was going because you got off on the KGB. And well, uh, Alan, Alan, but you, uh, Alan, you also took a photograph of a, uh, a man in uh, black because I know I described it in my in my yeah, book. I mean, you and I are both. More uh, I think about it. Um, you were at the table at the time this guy walked in. I don't know if you had noticed him at the the convention. I, I don't remember. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was not like, uh, you know, he wasn't glowing or anything. It, it, it was when I confronted him that things got really weird. I thought he was, you know, somebody doing a man in black. But, of course, when I uh, confronted him, and I just decided to do that on the spur of the moment, because we had a lot of witnesses around, and, of course, he seems to remember, but, uh, and some of, you know, Gray was there, Jim was there, um, Jim Mosley was there, but, uh, you know, some of them have gone on, and some some have differing memories of events yes, than I do. That is, but in we're going to get into one of those instances, by the way, with Tim Beckley and his photograph of someone who may be a man in black in a moment. But go ahead, Alan. Okay, and I want to do, um, uh, when you talk about that, let me put in my two cents worth regarding why I believe this particular man in black was shadowing specifically John and Mary Robinson. But um, um, in any case, when I confronted the guy, uh, uh, he let me take the photo or, or just was frozen. I don't know which it was in clear daylight. And then went around the corner and I'm, um, you know, thought to get, well, I got a second photo of him running away. Well, he wasn't running, he was walking, and if he ran, he ran after he got to the corner. It may have been two seconds. It was a Sunday in Charleston, West Virginia, which is as much as saying you could shoot a cannon off in, you know, on the street and hit nobody. So there weren't, weren't, wasn't a lot of traffic, there weren't a lot of people. There were, um, I turned the corner, maybe tops two seconds after him, and he was gone. No now, words. this this episode is continuing, but this segment is gone, because that's how it has to be. Our co-host is Chris O'Brien. Greg Bishop was here a little bit earlier. We have Claudia Cunningham, Alan Greenfield, Tim Beckley. The man around the corner is gone. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Pentecost. Hi, this is Tamar from Namecheap. We're a domain name and web hosting company, and we really care about our customers. With domain name purchases, Namecheap offers free SSL and free WhoisGuard for a year to protect your identity from spammers. Most importantly, we care about you. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at radio.namecheap.com, radio.namecheap.com for web hosting and domain name specials. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Namecheap or become a fan of ours on Facebook at facebook.com slash Namecheap. See you online. For 58 years, fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate brings you the latest in all aspects of the paranormal, like angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To receive your complimentary fate magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Are you wondering about your retirement portfolio? 
Are you confident that the financial advisor is experienced enough to combat climbing interest rates, taxes, and inflation? Stop guessing and go to the expert, Robert Chapman of the International Forecaster. When you subscribe to the International Forecaster, you get Robert Chapman's 45 years of experience and concise investment recommendations. Who needs sugar-coated excuses when you can get the cold hard facts and proven investment leads you can't get anywhere else? For a free introductory copy to Robert Chapman's International Forecaster, subscribe now at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. Experience the difference. When you subscribe, you can email Robert Chapman directly to obtain investment advice tailored just for you. Don't wait another minute. Subscribe today at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. That's 877-479-8178. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today complete with two black Berkey elements for only $209 and the Berkey guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. I'm concerned about food for my family in the event of an emergency, and I know you are too. Are you ready? Don't wait for an emergency to happen. Put a plan together now with quality dehydrated food from Ready Reserve Foods. For nearly 40 years, Ready Reserve Foods has been in continuous operation canning the finest in dehydrated foods. Other companies just broker canned foods. Ready Reserve is the manufacturer controlling quality from start to finish with double enameled cans and nitrogen packing for maximum shelf life. Ready Reserve offers a balanced selection of fruits, vegetables, dairy products, proteins, and grains. Choose from a variety of pre-selected units or order by individual can to customize your own plan. When you purchase from Ready Reserve Foods, you are buying factory direct at wholesale prices. Call today for a free catalog, 1-800-453-2202 or visit readyreservefoods.com. Call 1-800-453-2202. Ready Reserve Foods. Factory direct. Wholesale pricing. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com. Okay, we will look around the corner in a moment with Alan Greenfield. Our co-host is Chris O'Brien. We have Tim Beckley, Claudia Cunningham, Alan. Okay, so only a few seconds pass. You turn the corner. He's not there. Okay, let me reemphasize. Two seconds tops. I mean, I'm being very generous there. I turned the corner. He turned the corner as soon as I took the photo, and I turned the corner immediately after him. I was no more than 
eight feet behind him. I was moving quickly, um, so two seconds is probably being generous with, uh, with the timing, and he was not there. I did not see him disappear in thin air, but I looked very carefully around me, and there simply was no indication that I had that he could have gone in another door because there weren't any. It was a kind of a, around the corner. It was a non-retail non, um, type neighborhood. In other words, warehouses and so forth. There were no entrances within easy reach of him, no cars that he could have gotten into, no place that he could have uh, hidden. It was in broad daylight. He disappeared. The fact that I did not see him disappear at that moment is unfortunate, but the fact that that he was gone, I would say, disappearing in thin air is more likely than any other explanation that I, that, that that occurs to me. And I've had a lot of years to think about it, and I had a lot of years before I even mentioned this to anyone. Uh, I do believe that uh, Tim, correct me, uh, Tim is covering this in his new book on the darker side of ufology, and uh, I believe Nick Redfern, in a different way, is is also covering this in, in his new book on the men in black. We're going to have new reading material on this old but never before revealed case and one of the few by a, um, a ufologist and of course Tim also has one of those. Okay, Tim, the picture, the famous picture in someone near the home of John and Mary Robinson. That's correct. Now, there have been differing memories. We talked to Jim Mosley about this. And I gather you might remember it differently than he does, but that's not unusual. Lots of us remember no, no. Well, things a little only, differently than Jim does. Okay. There's only one way to remember it, and if anybody wants to check the background, uh, my book, The UFO Silencers, Mysteries of the Men in Black, uh, has a, a, uh, an entire ch uh, chapter that Jack Robinson wrote about the incident. So we could sway to what happened to, uh, uh, to his eyes because he was actually the one that this is all happening to. Uh, anyway, back in 1966-67, uh, there was a, a, a rather a large uh, continuing wave of UFO reports and, and landings in the uh, uh, metropolitan uh, area. There was uh, one incident where a group of teenage uh, boys had seen a um, a tall, a, a tall, uh, green, greenish, that's not say little green man, because this is a tall, greenish being uh, running away from them in one of the uh, uh, parks. I think it was near uh, uh, Passaic, but you'd have to check the uh, UFO Silences book. I, the, the details, of course, on that. Uh, but, but anyway, uh, Jack was involved, was uh, an associate editor of Saucer News. I was the managing editor, and I believe you were on the staff uh, at that point or around that point as well. I was and, your and predecessor. Th there you go. Okay, anyway, now, uh, uh, Saucer News, of course, had the largest circulation of any uh, UFO uh, magazine at the time and probably the largest subscription base of any UFO magazine uh, ever. Uh, as far as we know, because uh, Jim did have a, um, a mailing list at one point of about 10,000 uh, names, uh, thanks uh, to a, a kitty program, I believe, um, Chuck McCann, was it, uh, that he was on as a, um, uh, a frequent guest. And, of course, he was on Long John, and I was on at the time, too. And, and, and Jack was uh, a member of the staff of Saucer News, and Saucer News had a real office on uh, Fifth Avenue in, in Manhattan, and... Uh, uh, regular uh, meetings and, and staff meetings uh, as well. Uh, in fact, um, Jack was kind of, if you remember, uh, Gene, the, um, 
the secretary uh, of the uh, the movement. He kept uh, uh, strict minutes, and, and we actually had meetings. And if you were on a line, he'd wrap the ruler on the uh, on the table, you know. And uh, he basically knew, was infused with, absorbed Robert's rules of order. And that, he could yeah. recite it backwards, forwards, sideways. Yeah. yeah, that's probably the only person ever in ufology to to actually have, uh, have minutes that nobody would listen to the next at the next meeting, you know. But uh, Jack was a, a somewhat serious a researcher. He was uh, on Long John quite a bit. He was friends of Augie Roberts, Dominic uh, Lucchesi, and. Uh, all the other uh, Gray Barker, of course, and uh, Jack was a, a collector of tales about the subterranean world of Richard Shaver. I, I remember we used to uh, talk quite a bit about that. In fact, uh, Jack did a couple of chapters for uh, some of my uh, books on the Shaver mystery and the uh, in the inner earth. Anyway, uh, there was this uh, a flap of uh, sightings, and, and the most pronounced one being uh, the boys who uh, were chased or chased this uh, uh, green-skinned uh, being through the park. Uh, okay, anyway, there was an, another investigator by the name of uh, Smythe. I think his first name was George, George Smythe, who actually interviewed the the, uh, the boys in a group. And they were standing on a, a street corner, I think, in the town of Elizabeth, which you don't necessarily want to do, uh, take your time doing now. it. <laughs> <laughs> Any, uh, anyway, while he, was interviewing, while he was interviewing the teenagers, uh, they noticed across the street there was this uh, typical uh, MIB-type uh, Cadillac or black car parked there with the window just rolled down perhaps an inch or two and maybe some eyes looking out from, peering out from behind. Well, George Smythe reported all the... Uh, uh, all the goings-on, the ufological goings-on in the neighborhood to uh, uh, Jack Robinson, who was the point man with Saucer News. Uh, and uh, Jack would put all this material together, and he kept it in a file in his house and talked about it on the air and uh, wrote an article for Saucer News, which Jim doesn't even remember publishing, I, uh, I bet, because that's where it originated. Okay, so when uh, Jack would go to work uh, every morning, he worked in a bank in uh, Manhattan, he would take the pants train over. He'd leave to uh, go to work maybe about 7.45, 8 o'clock, and uh, his wife, uh, Mary, a very delightful, charming uh, lady who was into the paranormal phenomena. She fooled around, if you remember, Gene, with the Ouija board. And uh, she was, they, were, they were characters. There's no doubt about that, you know. And uh, anyway, uh, uh, while Jack was on his way to Manhattan to bring home the uh, bread, uh, Mary was out buying it. And uh, she would do her shopping and errands around the, uh, the neighborhood. I believe they lived on uh, Palisade Avenue, which is kind of a semi-busy uh, area of uh, Jersey City, at least at the, that time. and uh, It was kind of a middle-class standard middle class. residential yeah, yeah, area. Apartment, old uh, apartment buildings. And That's things, right. Like four or five-floor apartment buildings. And I think they lived, if I remember correctly, on the first or second uh, floor. Anyway, while uh, Mary would go out to, to do her errands, she noticed that standing in the doorway next to their building would be a, a gentleman dressed in black, a kind of strangely just uh, sort of recessed into the, uh, into the doorway, apparently keeping eyes or tabs on the neighborhood and apparently on who would go in and out of their front door. All right, so she called the numerous times about this, and while this was going on, Jack was reporting some interference on the telephone, some of his files being rifled through the normal uh, paranormal, paranoid uh, stuff that you might expect from a uh, UFO researcher. Who, now, I uh, understand, of course, to anybody else, this is not normal. It's very unusual. We have Tim Beckley, and you'll learn later how to get more information from Tim, including some free newsletters, I gather. We have Alan Greenfield, Claudia Cunningham. Our co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. 
Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know. There are many types of storable foods, but how about a superfood that contains every nutrient that the human body needs for survival? 50% protein, 300 milligrams of potassium per ounce, and calcium and magnesium for your heart and bones, with many more nutrients found in this incredible food source that the government does not want you to have. This product is available in powder, seeds, and oil, and is shipped free to your door in the U.S. This product is illegal to grow in the U.S., but is legal to import. Don't waste time thinking about storing food. Plan ahead and prepare for yourself and your family now and be in control of your destiny. You can save and invest your money, but in the end, food will be your greatest asset. Remember what the Word of God says in Ezekiel 719. Call 908-691-2608 and see what the powder, seeds, and oil can do for you. Remember, food will be your greatest asset. Call 908-691-2608. This product does not contain THC. Call 908-691-2608 today. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait, there's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. Hello. At OfTheField.com, we strive to empower you with wild food preparedness. We get lots of amazing positive feedback, most of which we feature on OfTheField.com. Here's a small sample of all that people like you have to say about the wild food experience. I have about 15 wild food guides on my bookshelf, which left me wondering if I even needed another book. Boy, was I wrong. My knowledge exploded to an entire universe of wild foods. In olden days, it was the norm to know which plants are edible and which are not. Dear Linda, just wanted to let you know I received your book today. Wow. I watched the DVD last night. I was awestruck. What wonderful work you have done. This information can bless many people. Thank you again. Thanks again. Your book has given me the most hope and inspiration. Thank you. Folks, thanks for letting us help you get back to basics. Read all of the testimonials at ofthefield.com. You can order online for you and your loved ones or call 1-888-51-EAT-FREE to share in the secret. On air. 
online and on demand. We are the GCN Radio Network. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Chris, my friend, listening to stories like this, and we'll have Tim continue this story about this man in black or whatever who was watching outside the home of John and Mary Robertson in New Jersey. What is your take about all this? Do you find yourself looking maybe furtively behind you that maybe you're being followed by someone? Well, the only times, uh, no, I guess the short answer would be no, I don't. Um, I have had some periods of time uh, during my investigative work where I started getting uh, involved in researching certain subjects that were probably a little dangerous when it comes to uh, the government and government activities, facilities, that sort of thing. And and I did have a period of about six months where there were people reported following me. I did have a visit from a man in a brushed safari suit who looked like he was straight out of some uh, spy novel. Uh, and, you know, I have had some pretty interesting computer uh, situations where uh, impossible things would happen to my computer and that, that sort of thing. That's almost going to have to bring you back on to, just to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> generally, the way I look at it is that there are, there are factions within this whole mystery, and they're not all in agreement. And I tend to think that I have uh, one faction that's protecting my, my work and protecting my interests and uh, shielding me from the other faction. So I, I look at this also from a positive point of view that, that you know, everybody has this knee-jerk reaction that these types of entities or beings or, or agents, if you will, are negative. And I, I, I think that's an assumption on our part. I think there are as many uh, of these types of denizens of the, of the mysterious out there that are supporting our efforts, efforts as opposed to trying to thwart them. So <laughs> that's kind of my take on it. In other words, I, I want that glass to be filled. It's not half empty. It's not filled. I, I'm going to help fill it. So, Okay, so let's take a look. The man watching Jack and Mary Robinson. Tim Beckley, tell us more. Okay, so Mary would say that she felt that this individual, this MIB, was spying on them and, and might have been responsible for the files being rifled through and um, the telephone interruptions and so forth. So she called five or six times, you know, and and again, we tried to, uh, Jim and I tried to figure out, well, is she making up this story just to tantalize us and, and, and to have something to, to discuss with the very important staff of Saucer News? Or uh, was there somebody legitimately standing there that shouldn't be there that early in the morning and how strange were they indeed? So what Jim and I decided to do, we made plans the night before that he was going to pick me up in his car because he drove. This is a, a he can't remember who took the photograph. Well, I didn't drive at that time, but that's uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, so he picked me up and uh, we drove uh, through the um, Lincoln Tunnel over to Jersey City. We did not tell Jack or Mary that we were coming. Uh, we pulled down to Palisade uh, Avenue and some cars were double parked. Uh, it was a very narrow street, you know. People, there wasn't uh, you know a parking where you had to move your car at the, you know seven o'clock in the morning like there is now. They tell you away, you know. So there was cars parked on both sides of the street, leaving a very uh, narrow space to, to to get by if you if you had to drive. You know, it wasn't one way street. Uh, anyway, we get up to the um, uh, the barbershop, which was next door to the uh, their apartment building, 
And uh, sure enough, there is a black Cadillac parked on the street or a black car, let's say, because I don't remember what it is now. There's a photograph in uh, Saucer News that was printed at the time. Uh, sure enough, there's this, uh, I would say, peculiar-looking uh, individual. He wasn't levitating off the ground, and his eyes weren't glowing or anything. So Jim hands me his camera. Okay, it was his camera. He hands me his camera. I take it. I stick my hand outside the window, focus on the individual in the uh, doorway, click, one click, and uh, there's some traffic in back of us, so we decide we're going to go around the block, try to find a place to park, and confront this person firsthand. Well, I would say it took us maybe five or six minutes to get around the uh, the block, right? It is Jersey City. It's not Manhattan. And we get back to where this had taken place, and the car is gone, and the individual is gone. Now, the peculiar thing to me about this, other than the, the fact that he did look a little strange, I, I always uh, enjoy looking at the pointed shoes that he's wearing that maybe look a little two-toned or something, and he's wearing the, the black uh, trench coat or, and a hat and, and so forth. But the thing that I find peculiar about this is that directly following this episode where I took the photograph, or we, Jim and I took the photograph, the man never returned, and Jack and uh, Mary never reported having any, uh, any more uh, interference. So uh, people say, well, you were stalked by the men in black. I say, no, I stalked the men in black, and I do believe that I changed them away, because uh, lack of fear and uh, persistence will uh, often uh, shotgun or get rid of the evil. I don't know how you, I'm sure Alan would put it much more. Eloquently. But, you know, uh, but the thing I'm going to ask, because, yeah. okay, now we have the rest of the story yeah. and what happened, who this guy may have been. On the other hand, you know, if you go into certain parts of New Jersey, certain people live and work there who are members of, shall we say, less than legal elements or corporations, it could be he had business with one of those things. I don't think that they were living in Jack and Mary's uh, uh, building or next door to it. And why would they uh, disappear uh, mysteriously and never uh, show themselves again uh, after the photograph was uh, taken? Yeah, well, you know, you don't know that because you have not looked at that corner every time. And was Mary watching every single day whether this guy would come back? you you, you You certainly have a valid uh, point uh, uh, there, uh, uh, Gene. You know, I can't swear on my life that it was a MIB, but I do think it was a strange uh, incident. I do believe that uh, Jim's uh, take on it was that there was some sort of after-hours uh, gambling going on. Well, there was no evidence uh, at all uh, uh, for that. Most uh, after-hours ga- gambling, I don't think, is going on at 8 a.m., and they don't usually have a guy uh, standing in black in the park. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't fit. And when you add, it, uh, add up the fact that Jack uh, and Mary were both involved again in all this supernatural and paranormal stuff and had been investigating these uh, cases uh, in the Metropolitan uh, Corridor, you just have a little bit more than, uh, shall we say, uh, a coincidence. Or at least that, that's my take on it. I find it a little bit strange. And the guy is kind of odd-looking. I mean, he is recessed back into the doorway, and he doesn't even belong circa 1967 in that neighborhood uh, that I I can put my finger on it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, Gene, this is really important because I've heard the same thing from Jim Mosley, and I think um, a grain of salt and a certain amount of skepticism is really extremely important. There is Robert Anton Wilson's famous uh, dictum of, of, about a, a cast iron BS detector and, in order to be able to do any of these things. And... Um, 
I, I feel that that is true, but my BS detector in this particular case tells me a, a number of things. First of all, uh, of course, uh, um, um, Jack and Mary would know the immediate neighborhood better than anyone else at the time, and they were, in fact, looking all the time. That's, that's sort of the reason that, that, that Jim and Tim decided to go there. Am I, am I not correct, Tim? Uh, uh, you know? Yes, I, yep, okay. because I get Jim mostly up at 8 o'clock in the morning, or myself okay. for that matter. Okay, so they take one sweep around the block, and he's gone. And don't think that Jack and Mary stopped watching, but they never reported it again. So the odds are that this supposed uh, racing tout, uh, numbers taker, uh, gambling den, uh, opium den, whatever, that really doesn't, what, they're going to get scared off because, uh, forgive me, Jim and Tim drive by once and take a picture? That does not compute. On the other hand, it's consistent with my own experience of you go once around the block, and of course they took a little more time, they were in a car, but uh, nevertheless, gone, and as far as we can tell, I presume they're both no longer with us, but I presume Jack and Mary continued to watch and didn't see it anymore, so stopped reporting it. They would have continued to report it if that or another guy had, had continued to be there. I'm going to ask a silly question here. Have you had an experience that you think is related to men in black? Let us know about it. Write us, news at theparacast.com, news at theparacast.com, or check out our forums and post your message there. We have Alan Greenfield, Tim Beckley, Claudia Cunningham, our co-hosts Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Paracast. Are you ready to order the official Paracast t-shirt? You asked, we answered. We're now taking orders for the official Paracast t-shirt. It comes in white, 100% cotton. The front of it features the same logo that we have on our community forums. On the back it says, separating signal from noise. To order the official Paracast t-shirt, here's all you have to do. Visit our new online store at store.theparacast.com. One more time, that's store.theparacast.com. You can use a major credit card to place your order for the official Paracast t-shirt. Hey, neighbors, we have one more thing to talk about, and that's more merchandise at the official Paracast store. We have hats, we have jackets, we even have a flip video camcorder customized with the Paracast logo at the official Paracast store. It's all now available at the official Paracast store, store store.theparacast.com. Before you throw away your used batteries, you need to listen to this. Now, going green can save money. Go green and save money by giving life to your used batteries by charging them with the Renaissance Charger. The Renaissance Charger uses a new revolutionary battery charging technology that effectively extends the life of new batteries and gives new life to used batteries. Invented by legendary audio genius John Bedini, this unique and patented charging system rejuvenates the electrochemical plate structure in the battery without additives, increasing capacity, 
authenticity and maintaining cell integrity. Renaissance Charge offers a full line of products made in the USA for all types and sizes of batteries. Find out why our customers tell us the Renaissance Charger is the only battery charger they will ever use. Save your money. Save the environment. Visit us online at r-charge.com. That's r-charge.com. Or call us at 208-772-4514. That's 208-772-4514. Be a part of the revolution today. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Don't forget... CrossbreedHolsters.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Did you know that you can be tracked and traced when you're online? With identity theft and cybercrimes on the rise, your passwords, your identity, and even your physical location can be revealed to complete strangers. Would you like to surf the Internet anonymously and not have to worry about these threats? Well, now you can by visiting PatriotInternet.com. For about $2 per month, PatriotInternet.com will conceal your IP address and your physical location, allowing you to browse the web, send emails, and and instant message anonymously. PatriotInternet.com will bypass filters, block sites, and keyword blocking. You can also bypass logging by your router and your ISP. With PatriotInternet.com, there is no software to install and uses 128-bit encryption for your protection. When using wireless hotspots, PatriotInternet.com shields your information from identity thieves and is compatible with Windows, Mac, and Linux. Protect your identity and your freedom with anonymous Internet access from PatriotInternet.com. Visit PatriotInternet.com today. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. This is the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. Of course, we're talking about the men in black in reality, not the movie with Will Smith or... Tommy Lee Jones, I understand, is going to be a Men in Black 3. Our journey coming to an end soon, looking for the Men in Black. And maybe the Men in Black or a Man in Black was hanging out at the home of the late Jack and Mary Robinson years and years ago. Tim, you were about to say something, but I should tell our listeners we have Alan Greenfield, Claudia Cunningham, our co-host is Chris O'Brien. Tim Beckley is champing at the bit to respond to what Alan said. Go ahead, oh, please. Okay. Also, uh, too, like I say, uh, the material from this is from the uh, uh, mid-1960s. And it is, it is uh, documented as much as any of this can be documented in the UFO Silencers uh, book. It was not the only paranormal or um, unexplainable uh, incident that took place surrounding Jack and Mary, George Smythe, and, and other researchers involved in this. Uh, in fact, uh, on one particular incident, it was reported that Jim Mosley, 
uh, John Keel and Gray Barker showed up to interrogate some of the witnesses to the UFO flap. But, of course, uh, none of those uh, three men were probably ever together as a group and certainly not in the uh, Jersey City, Paramus uh, metropolitan uh, area uh, early in the uh, the morning or late in the afternoon, I would even I would even think. So there, there were a lot of materializations and other strange uh, phenomena that adds uh, import to this uh, particular uh, incident. But I've just told you about my own. I can tell you about what happened to me and how I was involved in this. Now, I, I'm more concerned, never mind these, these mid-types or this guy in the doorway, I'm more concerned about actual threats that have been made uh, to me. I, I believe now that some of these MIBs are zombie types, that they are actually mind-controlled mind controlled by someone or something somewhere, that they are perhaps uh, earthly in, in origin, but they are easily people who are swayed and go out and have no memory, perhaps the next day, of even what they've done. I've had uh, one case where a gentleman, I use that uh, word uh, carefully and in quotes, would repeatedly call me on the, the phone and threaten me. I'd never give out my exact location, so he didn't know where I was. But this went on and on for several months, and I didn't even call the police. And it turned out that uh, he was somebody who was uh, living, apparently, in Grand Central Station. And uh, I know from talking, I did uh, trace his family down, actually. They lived in Florida. And I found that he had a, a, a series of uh, me uh, mental problems. And I think that this outside uh, force, or whoever is uh, controlling the phenomena, may have actually been in, involved in having him make these threats because they couldn't materialize and do it themselves. I had another incident where a But Tim, of, but Tim, it could yeah. also just be an isolated lunatic. Yeah, yeah but there, there have been more, there's been more than one isolated uh, lunatic. That, that's, the, uh, that's the point. Maybe this uh, subject attracts people of that nature. Isolated maybe, lunatics. Here we go. Yes, or, or, maybe, or maybe they really are being controlled. I think in some cases that uh, there has somebody that has actually possessed them, which is the subject of my next uh, book, Round Trip to Hell in a Flying Saucer. Well, no wonder we were promoting that book. But seriously speaking, a lot of yes. what we're talking about here with Men in Black, it's kind of old. I mean, not that it's not important, but Jack and Mary Robinson in the 60s and the 70s. We have, of course, Albert K. Bender in the 50s, all that other stuff. So the question I put to the entire panel here, and Claudia, of course, your experiences are far more recent, but Alan, you mentioned early on, and people think, I don't remember what people say, and that's only for what I say. But I do remember, Alan, you were talking about MIB from 2010. I recited a long case that took place in the 1990s on this program earlier on. Right. Listen to it again. Uh, there are cases that are more recent than that. The most recent that I know of was, I I'm going to keep it a little bit anonymous, but uh, I, I would be glad to reveal the details to you in, in private to sure. validate it if you need it. But a friend of mine was going to do a television program, a network television, well, whatever they call it now, a cable, large cable system television program on the subject of the Illuminati. Now, I happen to have had something to do with the same program, but that's sort of 
a separate issue. Usually those programs, they, they pretty well, Tim has knows the drill on this, they, they pretty well uh, pay your expenses and, and maybe even give you a per diem. It's, it's, it's oh, not, yeah. you know, nothing to write home about, but <laughs> still it's, you know, they get you there and they get to get you back. So anyway, so they, they, they stash their, their guests at a nice hotel at their expense. And this particular company uh, did not send out the limo and stuff, which is nice. You know, people enjoy that. But uh, this guy was going to talk about his take, very different from mine, on uh, the Illuminati conspiracy. Well, I'm not big on conspiracies per se, and the Illuminati, I have perhaps a very different interpretation of what and who they are. And now we're down to the wire here, so we're going to have to ask you to summarize it. He got into a cab uh, that was supposedly sent for him, and the cab driver about halfway there proceeds to tell him not to talk about the Illuminati. The cab driver is dressed as a chauffeur, not as a cab driver, although it was, uh, you know, your standard New York yellow taxi, you know the type. I mean, I'm sure you've taken them a million times. And when he gets there, throughout his experience with the, with the people on, on TV, uh, a group of people dressed in dark clothing with the Ray-Bans, the whole, you know, the, the usual setup, but clearly not associated with the TV crew, are shadowing uh, the, the entire broadcast. And the guy uh, understated his case out of fear, but told me about it and asked me to keep, you know, his name confidential, which I, which I have done and which probably is best that I, I do in his case. I didn't have a similar experience, so um, you know, it was not not my deal. But some of the TV crew noticed these people, and uh, when they asked him, "Well, what do you have in the way of proof?" He looked around him and looked at some of these people, and he couldn't help himself. He laughed nervously, but also at the irony of the question. And he said, "Well, all you have to do is look around you." This was August of 2010 in New York City. Yeah, well, Gene, now also. Um the uh, newspaper in uh, Tucson, I think it's is that recent enough journal? for you? I mean, uh, very Tucson, recent. Okay, Tucson uh, Journal. There is a, uh, a lady who does a UFO column uh, that appears in the internet version of the newspaper a couple of times a week. She has posted several uh, MIB uh, accounts from Arizona. I have uh, one in my uh, UFO uh, terrorist uh, book that took place uh, in. Uh, Palo Verde in uh, July of 2009. So I, I think, well, we have two things here. Uh, some people have uh, probably really been silenced and don't talk about their experience, right, because that's sort of the, the point of all this. And uh, maybe, again, with the the movies being out there, they don't want to be um, uh, thought of as being lumped together with, you know, uh, the the Men in Black uh, version that you see on the uh, the giant uh, silver uh, screen, which is kind of uh, humorous and met uh, all in, in fun as opposed to the really dreaded uh, fellows out there. I'll tell you what, we're just about ready to close it. Close shop okay, let, for let 2010. Let me kind of deal with you, Gene. Yes. Uh, from here on, you say there are recent cases. We've just, you know, in, in the few minutes we've had left, we've recited oh, four or five to you. So you don't have to believe any, any of the phenomenon, but at least cop to there are recent cases. Well, that's good to know. I think our listeners are happy to know that. Okay, Alan Greenfield, where can we find more of the things that you talk about or write about? You Google me, A-L-L-E-N-G-R-E-E-N-F-I-E-L-D, Alan Greenfield, and you will get hundreds and hundreds of places to go to 
to hear more of my uh, either wisdom or ravings according to this view you take. Tim Beckley, where can we find more of your stuff? Well, uh, free subscriptions for everybody at conspiracyjournal.com or what I tell people, uh, go to amazon.com, type in my name, Timothy Beckley or Tim Schwartz or Commander X. Hundreds of books will come up, then go to our site or my email and we'll give you a better deal, but don't tell anybody. And happy holiday to you all. Chris O'Brien, where do we find more of what you have to offer? Well, I have a website, Our Strange Planet. It is a strange planet. It's OurStrangePlanet.com. And you can find out information about my all my books and my uh, current projects, including the SLV Camera Project, which is moving ahead and fits and starts. And happy holidays to everyone out there, too. Happy New Year. A special thank you to our crew. Greg Bishop, our co-host who was here earlier. Claudia Cunningham, you don't have anything to sell. That's good to know. T. <laughs> Allen Greenfield, Tim Beckley, Chris O'Brien, our co-host. Thank you all for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you. Good night. Yeah, thanks, Gene. You bet. Bye-bye. Thanks, you guys. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Thank you. And the same to you. Paracast is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.